Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Uh, case in point, we have our annual Christmas episode to talk about none other than the Guardians Christmas special. And who better to join us than uh, the third member of our original Christmas tradition, Iron Man 3 Defender, Alexander Kerr-Roar. How's it going, Alex? Good. I didn't realize I was defend. I don't think any of us really criticized Iron <laughs> no, Man 3. No, all of us love Iron Man 3. This <laughs> yeah. is a very pro If anything, Iron I'm an Iron Man 3 champion. <laughs> uh, sure. Well, so this is, and this is a perfect segue into Marvel, which we're going to talk a lot about. Um, Jordan, during uh, our last Ranksgiving episode, Jordan was able he we determined that jordan liked two marvel things ranked them higher more than i did do you have a guess of what those two might be uh guardians of the galaxy volume two no i think we're both kind of the same about that tv shows are included so there's one tv show and one Uh, movie it's a weird one um gosh uh i'm gonna say that jordan was a huge fan of uh (laughs) Captain Falcon, or whatever that show was named. <laughs> he uh, was... I, sk- I skipped that one, sorry. Oh, it's good. It's okay. You should watch it. It's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I guess uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about it, and then, Alex, you can guess throughout the show. It'll be a Christmas mystery. <laughs> okay. okay. I like that. <laughs> um, so, Alex, uh, we haven't uh, been, you haven't been on the pod in, in a while. What's your, how's your uh, taste in movies, and how's your Marvel uh, fandom going? What's what's going on I with think you? Per- personally, my taste has never been better. <laughs> okay. Truly, truly right. every, every year, <laughs> every year I find a new peak of taste. <laughs> unfortunately for 2022 that has not often intersected with phase four of the mcu okay are you talking movies or shows both like both uh i got so uh i don't want to say butthurt uh maybe heartbroken by the uh the first half of the star wars output on disney plus uh what oh oh so so book of boba fett through obi-wan uh, yeah was was hoping yeah. for more than we got um, i well obi-wan and i feel like this has probably come up i'm trying to remember where i heard this i might have read a letterbox review or something like there's a very good movie in there or like mini yes. much shorter there and certainly they added they added a lot of really dumb filler material agreed it, it was yeah. it was what i assumed andor was going to be which ended up being actually my my yeah probably favorite show of the year it Uh, is very very good um it kind of felt like a rogue one thing where you weren't expecting it to be what it was and it delivered yeah i like it more than rogue one which interesting yeah um Um, but i I, so i i missed miss marvel because i i kind of was just like i'm not touching disney plus for a while after book of boba fett so did you watch moon knight i did uh jordan famously did not finish moon knight (laughs) I don't blame him. I, I can understand. I probably could guess when he fell off. It was probably when I took a couple weeks and then was like, ah, I got nothing else to do. What's what's Oscar Isaac up to? Yeah, I think I only made it past the second I, episode. Um, yeah, that one. It's weird. The reception for that one has been 
genuinely like higher than the other shows, even though I also it's way lower on my ranking well, than Letterbox would have it. And I've heard good things about Miss Marvel and She Hulk, and I, I think I will I will watch those. She Hulk rules. I'd say the middle is a little weak. And I'd say that's a kind of a tradition for all these shows. It, it, there's like a couple episodes in the middle where it's yeah. like we didn't need those. Yeah. Yeah. It's well it's nine, and then the first three starts off very strong, and then the middle three are yeah, it, it's a dip. It's a for sure dip. And okay. each, like, the middle, like, episode five is the slowest. Uh, but boy, do they really bring it back the last three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think the the thing with the six-episode arc is... Because Miss Marvel had yeah. the same thing, where the middle was just, Yeah, like, it feels like they added a, a uh, lot plot slow. line just to draw it out. Yes, mm. to make six episodes. Because the finale of Miss Marvel, the last episode, is mm-hmm. very good. Uh, and very just high schoolers being superheroes and stuff. Or and that was school. that was my fear for Andor being longer than all of these other shows. Was like, oh god, it's just going to be more stretched out. There's going to be less content. And yet, surprisingly, they kind of leaned into the what I think of like a more traditional TV structure, mm-hmm. uh, rather than like let's make a movie that's now six which, hours, which I think is kind of that's the, ex- that's the exactly my criticism of all these shows is that it's like they don't actually use the TV format to make a TV show. They just use it to break up yeah. an until until Daredevil Born Again, eighteen episodes. Yeah, is oh. that is that next year? It is twenty twenty four, and it will okay. theoretically lead directly into the next Spider Man movie that Daredevil will be featured in, and I guess they're going up against Wilson Fisk, who's also a common Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, all of that was kind of to say, I haven't interacted with the MCU much on a TV level this year. It was primarily the movies that okay. were leaving the bad taste in my mouth. Well, With one exception. Jordan, okay, me and Jordan are huge Multiverse of Madness fans. Yeah. Yes, agreed. <laughs> okay, okay. I really feel like the world did not understand how great that movie was. I concur. Okay, great. Then it seems like we're all mostly on the same page. And so, Jordan, so the year the year started off great, MCU wise. Yes, uh, I mean, aside from Boba, F- Marvel wise, Marvel wise, yeah. Well, Marvel wise, well, we Boba's also not have... in the Boba. As far as I know, is not in the MCU. <laughs> and and if he well, is, I, I got some books to read. Well, Jordan has mentioned as soon as Star Wars and Marvel crossover, that is the end of culture. <laughs> I I I honest I honest to God think of that at least once a month. <laughs> I don't remember how long ago you said that, but every now and then I'll just something happens was, and I'm like, they're yeah. gonna do it. They're gonna it get was so desperate. When Last Jedi came out. Okay. Uh, oh well, I don't know if I assume Alex has heard the news. He's pretty connected. Uh, but Jordan James Gunn uh, is taking over the DC EU, as you know, and he just fired Henry Cavill, Superman well, himself. I, and I saw the stuff about Black Adam. Superman. That uh, what's his name is having yes. a not so great time. <laughs> the Rock. That's right, Rock the Dwayne <laughs> no, Johnson. No, yeah. no Rock, Rock the Dwayne uh, leaked internal uh, financial information, which oh. Warner, Warner Brothers might uh, be very upset about, actually, behind this the scenes. This is news to me. To, so basically, the news came out that, oh, it looks like Black Adam's probably not going to break even, because it was expensive, and the marketing, it's, it's, it's going to lose some money. It's also not very good. <laughs> I, I, I've only seen the trailer, and that was enough for me to say, nope. <laughs> It's on HBO Max now. You can both watch uh, it after this. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should you choose to? Not sure. Um, Chris Rosnan's fun, wait, isn't it? Have, uh, but, w- this is just Avatar 2. Have either of y'all seen okay. it? Or, Cade, you've seen it. I, I have okay. a story. 
that I want to tell. Okay, we, we, we should but, get into that later because okay. I'm seeing it tomorrow and it's almost okay. all I can think okay. about. <laughs> okay. Well, how... I'm not going to... I won't... I mean, I think me and Jordan have similar tastes in Avatar. I can talk about my viewing experience. I don't need to say anything I mostly just want like a vibe if, check. Like, is it... <laughs> how is it compared to the first I, one? Well, you... We both don't like yes. the first one, if I'm... <laughs> But okay, <laughs> and I believe Alex is a big James Cameron. Head. As I said, my my taste has never been better in this year, so I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, so we all right. We watched it in 3D. Obviously, I oh, yeah. me and my my buddies who are all Marvel fans. I work at a theater, so I get to watch these movies which is very convenient because I didn't have to pay whatever. The average uh, 3D cost of ticket is eighteen twenty-eight mm-hmm. in America right now. I believe my, my tickets for tomorrow indeed cost $18. Oh, really? Wait, uh, so what's your what are you seeing at what format? Uh, like IMAX 3D, 4D? Dol- Dolby Digital 3D is the only one that is doing the variable frame rate with oh, yeah, the open with the open mat, so you're not you're not getting like a cropped version. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, the frame rate sounded really... I got Gemini Man vibes, and I know, obviously, James Cameron is much more competent. Um, <laughs> than Ang but, Lee? I don't know. Yeah, I... Oof, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Ang Lee as of late, yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's he was making this movie. So, anyway, and, I, and I saw The Hobbit, so I know what it looks like when it's oh bad. Oh, God. Yeah, that is that was... It's not going to look worse than that. That's true. Uh, so, me and my friends, we're all, we're all Mar- Marvel fanatics. Uh and we kind of just wanted to spite watch this because if you, me as a film critic, if I'm going to talk trash, I need to sit through this 192 minute movie. Uh, we started at 10:30 because that's when a theater opened up. Because I can't just you know if we sell tickets, I can't kick the people out of the theater. I have to wait for the theater to be empty. What to a burden! Use it. We start this movie at 10:30. We leave at 2 a.m. Yeah. And wow, I'm very tired. What a thrill! I guess is the the point of this story, but. Uh, I, I guess I'll just I don't want to spoil anything for Alex who I think genuinely will very much enjoy this movie uh, even though I did not per se <laughs> um, I tested when we get the movies we have to test them to make sure the files are good so I tested the 2D and the 3D uh, and I skipped to a random scene in both of them Wednesday morning this is when I'm testing it and the 2D one I skipped to a random scene and I am just like the dialogue is not I was five minutes of the movie. I'm like, what is happening? This mm-hmm. is dumb. Uh, which Alex, what is I? James Cameron has been critiqued with his his dialogue and his uh, he, like. What what's your stance on that? He he deals very much in broad tropes, and I would say his goal is to get the the largest average kind of interest in something. Uh, I think Titanic okay. Titanic does that arguably the best of his movies where just the the largest group of people is going to find something they enjoy to come out of that going like damn that was good and i think i think the first avatar pulled that off as well but at the expense of a lot of i'm not i'm not going to argue that yes it is it is not the uh the best uh screenplay by by any means it's not like watching (laughs) frazier where everything is is so perfectly well written uh so yeah the 2d i'm like this is horrible i can't believe i have agreed to watch this friday night and stay up all night uh and then i turned the 3d on uh the 3d version and i skipped to a random part and it was just blue people talking to each other and i was like 
visually, this is absolutely stunning, and I am so engrossed in... I have no idea what's happening, but I can't look away. Like, it's mesmerizing visually. But, that being said, the only way you can watch this movie is in 3D, and we, and my friends, kind of did a mystery science theater situation where we just drank beers and, you know, talked during the the bad dialogue. And then, you know, there's a very, very impressive... Uh, visually, like, there, it's, yeah, it's... It's a, a breathtaking experience. However, could I cut 90 minutes of that movie and still be satisfied? <laughs> yeah, Pro- I was trying to rewatch the original Avatar just because it was on TV, uh, like actual cable Which TV. Which is the worst way to well, watch but, that movie. Man, that dialogue is like, it's, <laughs> I, yeah. Now, I, I, Alex, I think you're totally right that they, he's just trying to cater to that like really broad demographic and just mm-hmm. which he does and he makes money like he's clearly yeah. but it's just it's just such well trod territory like it's it's so hard to I don't know engage with it for me I th- I think what's interesting about the first one especially though just not having seen the new one yet is a lot of the tropes he's dealing with are also tropes that he largely made so widely known in some of his earlier Mm. movies. I mean, like, all of the whole Space Marines and, like, the mech suits, that's all just him cribbing from himself with Mm -hmm. aliens. You know, stuff that he popularized. And the dialogue's the same. It's like, yeah, I know how to write a bunch of overly macho, uh, uber Marines, uh, you know. And then, this kind of doesn't bother going past Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I guess uh, my also fatigue is all, like the fact that I was there until two a.m. and I could have like left at twelve thirty. Yeah, I'm but... I'm starting my showing before noon tomorrow, which seemed like a good way to still have a day left. Yeah, <laughs> after the it film. is. It, it's also weird just when your patrons are coming in to watch the movie because you see them like earlier in the day, and usually they're in there for ninety minutes, two hours, and then they're out. Uh, but it feels like. I it, when they leave the movie, I'm like, I this person checked in so long ago. It feels like <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, that's how long this movie is. Uh, it's also the convenient thing was for me who, and I don't think really like plot wise. It's like the first one. It's it's not about the plot. It's really just about the spectacle and the visuals and being in Pandora and stuff. So, so one reviewer I follow called it bathroom break the movie. Like, you can kind of just leave. And there's... It, you uh, you can leave and come back, which you can argue a movie like Endgame, where you can't do that. People could argue the plot of this movie. The fact that you need to watch 23 movies and it all relies on the plot can also lead to making what is technically not a good film. I yeah. would strongly disagree, but that is, you know, that is a take that I certainly understand. And I, I, I think my, my buy-in kind of for the first movie as well is, is sort of, especially, you know, and this isn't, this isn't targeted at Marvel, but you know, all, all, all major blockbusters nowadays do not have the amount of time to work on the visual effects that they did true. 10 years ago, which Very was already true. less than they had 10 years before then. It's all, you know, instead of just, yeah, we'll pay ILM, they've got three years to do all this, it's we're, we're going to pay 70 different studios to work on five shots each, and they've all got to get it together, like, the month before the movie releases. Yes. Um, and so I, I think there's just something fascinating about, I mean, the last decade we've heard them working on these movies, yeah. shooting three yes. or four at a time, all the actors have to hold their breath for seven minutes in these underwater mocap tanks down in New Jeez. Zealand. 
crazy. It's, it's I think it's just the fruition of is this even ever going to come out? Yeah. Combined it, combined with just, you know, the opportunity to see people actually get to spend a a years and years, you know, on on visual effects and all. I I think it's just kind of interesting to see the final so product. Why which similarly like Lord of the Rings, why is because I, I felt like with Peter Jackson, like, just the vision and the scale of the filmmaking, like... Yeah. Why do I like those significantly better? Like, is it the source material? I think so, because they can steal or, dialogue from, from the actual yeah. books, or at least the feel of the dialogue from the books. And also, I think yeah. uh, the uh, manner of speaking is a little bit... Um, kind of foreign to us which makes it so even if it's tropey uh, okay it doesn't feel as tired yeah. to me whereas like if it's modern okay. american english and you're saying the same kind of cliched things i think it sounds kind of dopey but i don't know and i th- i yeah. think i think because of star wars we as a culture are far more exposed to sci-fi tropes in general and and kind of like hackneyed sci-fi dialogue than we are fantasy dialogue fantasy movies for the most part flopped before War of the Rings, at least a couple decades before, and we still haven't really had... I mean, you have Harry Potter and some other mm. things that kind of are also in, I would, you know, fantasy, but but nothing that's still kind of like that classic mm-hmm. feel that War of the Rings has. Um, I, I think I think the, you know, the kind of foreignness of the dialogue... But I also think if I saw Avatar, the original, when I was 12, I, I'd probably yeah. be pretty hype about this movie coming out. Like, I, I think it's it's... Yeah. Did you not? We were, we were Ooh, 16, we were, we were, 17. Yeah. Oh, so you're just at like well, a four-year difference I think at that enough. point, I was starting to have like a little bit of a film buff phase. Like I was watching Tarantino, which is, you which sure is like the, were. <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, teenager's first director pack, <laughs> like Tarantino. Yeah, I was like, yeah, look, yeah. this I can, I can recognize that there's a person behind the camera who's making decisions, and I'm picking up on that. Like Tarantino's are so obvious yeah. that you can really get a feel for like the person behind the camera for the first time. So in watching Avatar, I was like, this, I can feel the guy behind the camera, but I don't like what he's doing. <laughs> well, we had... That was one of our first conversations because obviously it doesn't take me long to bring up Marvel in any conversation. And Avengers had just come out when we met. I was like, "Did you see Avengers?" And you're like, "Yeah, I watched it on my laptop. It wasn't very good." <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, people taking it away, like so seeing it in 3D. I don't think Avatar one when you watch it on TBS or whatever on your tube TV is it's not good. Like it is not an enjoyable experience. If you see it on the biggest screen possible in 3D, I think that's the the way, the definitive way to watch it. Much like if you were to say Endgame, like the best experience at Endgame is opening night when all the nerds mm-hmm. are cheering. Uh, even Jordan got into the nerds cheering and he hates nerds. <laughs> I, I'm the nerdiest person uh, on the podcast. Yeah, but you don't like uh, you don't like nerds who are like passionate and open about their nerddom. I, I've spent the last week EV training my Pokemon in the glitchiest Pokemon <laughs> release of all time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you haven't been flaunting it. Like you, you would never dress up. To, you've like, been, you've been doing it in shame, like <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would, uh, but like when Cap caught the hammer, I could see the glow in your <laughs> eyes, which was very satisfying. Like, and that is the best way to enjoy that movie. So I understand, like, if someone was to be like streaming on Disney Plus, or you're watching Avengers on your laptop and not getting the same experience, that's 
not the best way to view it. Even though I think I could watch that movie on a cell phone and still cry every time. Uh, just because that is... It's quite a trigger. Man, you're actually um, making me want to see this in theaters, which is just, that's that's how this, no. Endgame? No, the Avatar. <laughs> just because it's like, if I'm ever going to see it, you can watch Endgame. to see it is now, which is, I guess, how these movies make a billion dollars. <laughs> it, exactly. It sure is. Well, that, well, the, the yes. amount of, uh, so James Cameron's big thing with, especially Titanic, was figuring out that so much of it revolves around the feeling you have as you leave mm. the theater. And so even though it's a three-hour movie and you're kind of like, eh, in it's the middle. three hours. By the, at the end of Titanic, when, you know, Jack and Rose mm-hmm. are on that staircase in the dream sequence, you're like, you're coming out of there hooting and hollering, it, you know, if you've bought into the mm-hmm. movie throughout. And I think Avatar yeah. is kind of the same way where it's like, it's, as much as the dialogue is corny and, you know, the the writing on that level I don't think is the greatest. I think the screenplay and in terms of setting up plot movements, I think it does a great job of you know all the various elements kind of come together at the very end where you're like how else could how else could your grandmother be cheering on these 20 foot blue people just murdering white people and you're and you're like yeah like give it to them they <laughs> deserve guess, it and and so you come out like yeah just have you ever seen those like um graphs of story structure uh that's like that yeah. really like and there's i don't know there's not that many of them because it's you know kind of all stories have to have the at least some of the same beats but I feel like maybe mm. that's the kind of thing that James Cameron gets right is he knows where you should be at any given point. And so that if you, the roller coaster ends and your hair is blown back and you're like, cool. <laughs> and I think it, that's why people went back to see Titanic so many times with their yes. friends was because of that feeling Definitely. at the end. You're like, I want to feel mm. that way again. And it, I got to watch it, a three hour yeah. movie <laughs> to it, do, to do so. Which that's how I want like end game. Like, and I rewatch these movies every year because if I'm just to put on end game, every week like the feel of i have to rewatch all of them to get the build up like you got to watch yeah, 23 it, movies end, to really end game is kind of like it's kind of like the payoff for the previous 20 movies in the same way that it's like if you've been investing the time and yes. you know even even if uh and you might disagree some of the writings not always necessarily the strongest you have that emo- you or have the other ones let's say all of them <laughs> Uh, you have, disagree. You have the emotional buy-in, though, to get that payoff, and that payoff is greater than a, mo- a single movie can give you because it's yes. the last decade of your life. And like, yes, I really think nothing else true. has ever come close to to giving the the audience that got that you know kind of experience. I think JRPGs yeah. kind of use the same thing because those are very long video games. You play them for sixty hours, yes. and then you get to the end, and you spend so long with these characters that you're like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I played. <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven, and that was like a good seventy hours or sixty hours of of gameplay before the first ending, and then there was another ending that was an additional thirty <laughs> hours later that I did not make it to. But. Was this wow. was this before or after law school? <laughs> it was like over the summer. <laughs> uh, the the other thing with this, like, do you remember? And I read this recently, but because I did not experience this or know anyone who experienced it, there was like. A movement of people who were sad when it left theaters in 2009. Yeah, I remember the oh, blue. Yeah, there's, there's like the, I don't know what they called it, yo, but like the sad blue people. There was a support yeah, Alex group. probably knows. <laughs> Let's let him explain. Well, yeah, just there, there was a support group basically uh, for people who it, it wasn't so much even that the movie was leaving theaters so much as like I can't live there. That that was so aesthetically pleasing to me, 
and so much better than whatever those individuals' lives were, that they wanted to live on Pandora, and so they they became legitimately depressed because they what? couldn't. What is this, but was like this, uh, how many people was this? How big was this movement? I would say not that large, um, okay. but there was like a, a, I know that there was, there was some kind of web documentary about it, and then I think, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Joe Para, uh, the comedian, um, but he did a, a webisode, I think, interviewing some of the people in that group and that kind of got it more online uh um notability but i this is i and when we're watching it last night and i won't spoil anything a plot a plot thing happens to a character in the movie uh late in the movie and movie (laughs) roll A plot thing happens to a character (laughs) fuck yeah uh and we were like selling my tickets and it was clearly like a big moment in the movie and one of my buddies were all drinking mystery science theatering it and this is it's nearly three hours in the movie and my buddy turns to us is like what was his name and none of us knew the answer to the question (laughs) which clearly these movies aren't made for me but i and there's the john oliver thing like he did uh recently with the um Here's a picture of this character from the highest grossing movie of all time. What is his name? Kind of deal. You and mm. he's like the audience doesn't know. But the support group uh clearly like, I mean they, I would I would have all known them. all my friends. Jake Jake Soli, mm. Neytiri, Sute, is... Moatu. <laughs> Who's Sute? Which one's Sute? That was that was in the first movie. That's the uh the clan leader to be uh okay. who ends up yeah. dying. It is yeah. Most people um, end up dying in that first one. Yeah. A lot of death. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, spoiler-free way of water review. A plot thing happens, and I was up very late. Uh, and you must watch it on the biggest screen possible with the best visual and sound that you can muster. All right. Well, is it uh, is it time so, to transition to yeah. our promise from last year that we were going to rank the White Album? So I uh, so every Christmas, you're, well, let's not jump ahead. We should also talk about the thing that we're here. To well, talk I figured about, that the would Guardians be the end. Christmas special for no, no, because every year. All right, so you also weren't on the Christmas episode oh, yeah. last year, so it was me and Liam doing it, <laughs> and then Alex was on the first year, and mm-hmm. we started a Christmas tradition where at the end of the ep, we try to will into existence ten right. million dollars. If you recall doing that, of course, and then with Liam still waiting. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this is the time. Uh, I decided to do whatever that partridge in a pear tree songs like that's Christmas. Let's add a layer to this each year. So last year we were supposed to rank the White Album. You two could not be on the show, so it's me and Liam, and we created a second tradition where we all bond over our favorite moment in our lives over this past year. Oh, interesting. Uh, and we share with the audience. So that's number two. That's tradition number two. And then our third tradition is now we are going to rank a Beatles album, and we have started with the White <laughs> Album. Uh, and all three of us Beatles aficionados have... I think none of us are going to agree. I don't know. This is good. I'm so, so excited and curious to hear these results and I think, see how they I all think there's a handful together. of songs that I can count on being at the top and a handful at the bottom, but I think there will also be a lot of songs mixed with that handful that is completely unpredictable. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. I, I think my number one is gonna shock both. I think mine will be not shocking at all. Uh, But I guess if we're waiting to do this after Guardians, then this is 
We should. Well, so yeah, the Christmas traditions every year, and next year we'll have a fourth one, and we'll just keep <laughs> adding to it, like the partridge in a pear tree song. Uh, so we talk Marvel. We talk whatever Christmas movie came out. This year was Avatar. What's next Christmas? Alex, do you have any idea? The big blockbuster? Um, it's something I should know since I do work at a movie I think theater. it might be Aquaman 2. I think that got bumped back a whole year. Oh, did it? Because it was supposed to be... Was it this Christmas? It was supposed to be this Christmas, and then Avatar 2 was like, uh, I think yeah. we'll go here. And then Aquaman immediately <laughs> said, nope. Yeah, that's pretty smart <laughs> on their part. Yeah. Even though Aquaman made a billion dollars. That is a... It is a great a movie. movie. It's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I liked it more than Avatar. I, I, I think uh, it's, I enjoy Avatar more unironically. Okay. I enjoy <laughs> Aquaman very much ironically. Uh, do you think Jordan would like Aquaman? I, I think if you go in being like even more brain turned off than Avatar, that this is just like, it's, it's very schlocky yeah. in the best sense. It, it is to me very comic booky in that it's just like, we're Insane. we're not kind of we're not kind of doing the Marvel winking. We're we're being more earnest, but in a way that makes it hokier. But I, I found that really fun. Well, it was um, also crazy for that to come out after all of, like Justice League had failed. Yes, and that was the following year. So, and they're trying to compete with Marvel. So you think that they're gonna rein in that movie, and they really just gave James Wan and whoever creative control yes, to make any it, movie. And it's, and it's, it, it's just kind of crazy. And I mean, I, I am, this also applies to the new avatar. I'm a sucker for underwater <laughs> stuff. You give me sea creatures oh, well, and action that's scenes. That's, that's all I could ask for. Wait, so have you watched the new black Panther? I have not. That is, okay. unfortunately, it I missed is it in very theaters. good, and I think you're going to like it a lot. <laughs> I, I I saw, you know, there's all the, the Namor stuff. I was looking forward yes. to that, uh, but yeah, I didn't catch it in theaters, so I've, I've still not seen it. Is it, it not still at your local theater uh, auditorium? I missed it in theaters. There's no way to see it now. <laughs> uh, you can drive to Charlottesville. I'll get you a comp. There's just, I'm actually watching it again tonight. <laughs> there's just no way to see it, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it on Disney Plus someday. <laughs> Have you? What was the last Marvel movie you watched in theaters? Endgame. Okay. I, so I you saw didn't watch I, Spider-Man. I saw Dune in theaters, okay, yeah. and that is the last okay. movie I've seen in theaters since Rise of Resistance. Wow. Rise of Resistance. It, before the pandemic, the oh, that's that's the sorry that's the ride. What's the what <laughs> Rise is, of Skywalker? Is, yes, Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a. I can God, see how you wouldn't want to return I mean, to a theater after theaters. that. <laughs> yeah, after the pan- that. The pandemic helped, but I honestly wonder, even without the pandemic, when the next yeah. one would have been. Yeah, it's... Well, and Star Wars was not doing a movie, and you felt so jaded by your experience with yeah. the end of that trilogy, Ab- where they burned it to the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> it is... Oh, I have, I have a very funny story. Um, I was hanging out with uh, my uh, BFF, Keith, uh, and we were all drinking with his Marine buddies. Um, they're more reined in. They're not your typical uh, jockey Marines. They have wives and girlfriends and children and all that. <laughs> but we were we were drinking, and we started talking about Star Wars, which is apparently something you can't do when you drink anymore. It's like <laughs> politics. Like Also, at my theater yeah. with the film nerds, I have high schoolers who die on the hill like eight last jedi is not good i'm like well you're clearly wrong and you're young and just shut up i'm your boss (laughs) uh and these guys and 
Keith, when he drink, like just as a as a long term like friend thing, he really likes to push my buttons when he's drunk. So he's like, the prequels are the best. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> uh, and then we start ranking the prequels, uh, and one of the Marines ranked them two, one, three, or two. It was the reverse of mine, which and I'm three one two. I'm so, yeah, I'm one two, two three. One, three. So you think they get progressively worse? I did not think that at the time. At the time, I would have said three, two, one as they came out when I was younger, uh, yeah, and that was probably I mean, my opinion through college. Yes. So I was explaining why two was the worst, and I just for like forty-five minutes, or not forty-five minutes, for like five <laughs> minutes, I just berated this stranger, like this is why this is dumb, like. Padme and Anakin are like rolling in the grass and all that <laughs> dumb shit. Uh, and he pulls up his sweater sleeve and has an entire tattoo <laughs> sleeve of Attack of the Clones stills on his arm. Damn. <laughs> he's like, I really like this movie. And he's like a big guy. I was, it was just the, the, the most shocking thing, a tattoo sleeve. Like... There's, like, images of Padme and Anakin's face. There's, like, whatever droids are in that movie design. Like, it was surreal. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yes, that is uh, my advice to you, to everyone. Uh, don't argue with strangers about Star Wars. It's the new politics. Uh, even though I think all of us pretty much agree mostly about the general, like, because we all love Last Jedi and... Jordan is kind of fair weather about the originals. I'm just uh, not a big Star Wars guy. I think we all like, I my You're my not. favorite Star Wars property is Knights of the Old Republic, the Xbox game, which is a yeah. very good game. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best, but you know, uh, quality game. All right, why don't we talk about Guardians? Of the yeah. Galaxy? So you want to give your opinion first? Special. Do this like that style, or okay? Yeah, of course. We're reviewing a Marvel piece of I, Marvel. I suppose. Content. Oh, we should also pull up the. Sp- we're, we're pull, we should pull oh, up I've the spreadsheet, too, so we can uh, rate it. Oh, you got it up. Easy. All right. Um, and I would also like to start this with uh, uh, Alex. Or I watched this, and I loved it. And then I saw Alex watched it shortly after me, and we follow each other on Letterboxd. Uh, I read Alex's oh, review. Oh, man. Which was something to the effect uh well, do you want to say it if you remember it? Uh, let, me, let me pull it up pull to get the up. wording right, yeah. Um, do, you do want to get the word in, right? I'm, I'm, let's just say I'm glad we're doing this before the White Album ranking, because I think that'll be a triumphant section, and <laughs> uh, that the uh, Guardians holiday special would have been something of a downer ending yeah. for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said, uh, I've never related to a premise less than, we need to cheer up Chris Pratt. <laughs> so, which I read... In, I was watching the movie She Said in my theater, and I just thought, oh, Alex watched this. I'm going to read his review. And I did chuckle out loud, I will say. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, however, as a Marvel lawyer that I am in the show, I would uh, like to counter with, would you prefer a Christmas special where the main character is sad the entire time? If it was Chris Pratt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um what do, do you not like Star Lord? Do you not like Chris Pratt as a person? So I or I, I will I will say I I thought there were I didn't think the whole thing was bad. I think I like James Gunn as a general rule. I think he's he's pretty strong, and I think that most of my flaw, uh, faults with this are that it was clearly shot while they're filming Volume yes. Three 
kind of on the side and I'm sure produced very fast without most of the attention, you know, the other stuff kind of gets. Sure. Um, And it is a Christmas, but like, they're just trying to get the the clip. And it's, it's, it's a Disney plus, you know, one off. Like I, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I liked, I, I would say I would go so far as to say I used to love Chris Pratt. I thought he was great on Parks and Rec. Uh, you know, the age I was at when that show came out was like just right for me to love his his Andy sure. character. Absolutely. You know, the lovable. You're a goof. huge fan of the uh, Jurassic World movies. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say well, so if we're going through his career, then Guardians of the Galaxy. Like honestly, like we all we all were like, what is this going to be? There's no way it's successful. Yeah. What are they thinking? You and I watched it together in theaters. Alex. We we did, yeah. Uh, I, uh, was damn near tears, and it's like it's just... it's still a great movie. I think Chris Pratt is phenomenal in it. I think that's it's my number six. I I think and, uh... his acting in that and Volume Two are are some of the best he's done. Okay, um, but I I do think that when Jurassic World came out, he's just he's so out of his element. They're trying to make him like a Harrison Ford type, and he's just yeah. he just doesn't have that to him like the character of star lord has the other you know pieces that i think chris pratt needs to kind of elevate his well, performance it has like um, that arrested um arrested development kind of childlike quality to star lord because he was abducted when he was a kid and i feel like that kind yeah. of um uh insecurity arrested development like childlikeness really aids his uh characterization and then if you take that away from yeah. him he's not a cool badass kind of guy right and then i i think so i think his other acting misadventures kind of wore me down where it's like he's not as good in these but most of that was i think the fault of casting it's just not you're casting sure. the wrong person for the role yeah i think and not Endgame. uh infinity war was the first time that he was playing star lord and something felt off and i think in retrospect it's duh it's not james gunn writing for star lord mostly but i think also you're just trying i mean I can't even imagine writing something like Infinity War with as many characters and you're having yeah. to get everything to a specific point to set up for Endgame. And I, I totally get the logistics of that are you're not going to have every character feel like they were just in the movies that yes. they were written from. I and I have a hot take and I'm curious to hear Jordan's where Jordan lies because I am sort of the opposite. That I do think Guardians 1 is the peak of the Guardians, but I think in Infinity War is the second best rendition of the guardians on screen in the rest of the hmm. movies just solely because i don't know i laughed out loud so many times i, I think their like, their interactions with like thor i think all of i think the guardians as a whole are doing really good in infinity war i think it was just yes. chris pratt's performance specifically felt to me a little less like i'm giving this my all because my career is riding on this to be like this is the thing that's gonna like put me into the stratosphere guardians and i think i think sure. he's great in guardians 2 with all of the dad stuff with kurt russell i think he yeah i like guardians 2 more than one actually um i i think he's still Whoa. i think he's still really yeah but yeah my well, my official ranking i think has volume 2 is like my second favorite marvel after uh that's iron man 3 fascinating so really did we talk about this in the last christmas special i don't think so what's because uh, our childhood friend, uh, James, last, like, a year ago was just, he watched it, and he's like, this was so dumb, and I hated it. And uh, we were just kind of like, well, I was like, I, it's good, you're wrong, but I never, 
I did not hold it to the esteem of his like, top five Marvels. His his uh, our friend James's framing was the man's a planet. I remember having a lot of fun with that with that critique. The man's <laughs> he a planet. Clearly did not understand. Um, well, I mean, there is the moment like me and Jordan I, famously on the podcast we did turn to each other, and Alex was privy to it because you were part of the the Brandy Blast summer <laughs> when we listened to Looking Glass. Ah, uh, yeah, yes, Brandy Blast. Brandy's inclusion in Volume Two. Yeah. So and when. Astounding. He literally, it's Kurt Russell, like, looks at, at us in the audience. He's like, Brandy is the greatest thing mankind has ever done. <laughs> literally at us. Uh. And that was maybe the most insane moment in any Marvel movie that I've ever felt. Like, just unexpected. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. like they uh, had a probe that went into our brains and picked out whatever song had been, like, most recently heard. And they did that with all of the audience. A hundred <laughs> yeah. billion times. <laughs> So like most played. So so I, I I like I like Chris Pratt up till then. I think he's I don't I didn't think he was bad in Infinity War by any means. I think he's sure. he's you know the same in Endgame, um, but I think outside of movies, his persona around the same time he starts to take on kind of some elements of like oh well I was you know his his famously he was homeless in Hawaii prior to his acting success, and a lot of it I kind of turned a lot of it kind of turned into well. You know, I I did a lot of praying, and I kind of you know I think that's the reason why I'm where I am today. And then he's been very public with his association with uh, a rather infamous church in California that some other celebrities are attached to. And so there's kind of been a public souring of like not not his acting, but just his his kind of persona outside of film, which which is so did he difficult to separate? I, I mean, I I can separate it, but it is kind of like if you're used to seeing his face in headlines and kind of making a frown, when you see him on screen, you do get less excited. Yeah. Just just from the media exposure, I think that just sure. happens. Yeah, I I am also I'm very capable of separating the art from the artist, and I usually stay away from the news because it makes me sad more often than not. <laughs> uh, but are you saying with this story that he willed into existence $10 million? <laughs> I, I think he kind of did. I, w- I would say, uh, more specifically, he, he worked really hard and was a good actor, and that's how he got his money. But I, so I'm kind of always wary of people who are like, well, if you just believe and you pray, you're going to get it. And to me, that's where it starts to fall into like... Well, especially mm, with a, with a profession like... <laughs> what if we get it through this podcast, though? What, what happens I will eat, if we I get I will eat all million? of my words, and I will join Hillsong Church in Los Angeles. I was just going to say, especially with a profession like acting, whenever anyone says something, it's like, well, you know, you just got to keep grinding it out. It's like, there are literally millions of people in L.A. <laughs> who who yes. tried to grind yeah. it out and were ground to dust <laughs> and then floated away yes. back across yeah. America. <laughs> like, no, like there's, it's just the amount of luck it takes to be successful in entertainment, especially at the scale that Chris Pratt is is like immeasurable and there's just no way to um I don't know like I think my uh because I you know like you said the public is kind of soured on him and I think it's that kind of status quo um embrace of the status quo like that kind of uh like obviously politically conservative but also it's just I don't know he comes off as like the order of the world is as it should be and uh yeah, he he made some statements about thanking his wife for giving him such healthy yeah. children and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, you know, and I've I've watched I've rewatched the Guardians movies within the last couple of years. I still think, you know, those those haven't 
changed for me because of that persona. I watched Jurassic World Dominion, and that was bad, not because of Chris Pratt, but because of those movies. That was truly miserable. Yeah. That was... I mean, because even with Avatar, you have the wonderful visuals to look at the entire time, and you you feel the runtime, but that's just me. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, I felt every second of that movie. Yeah. It was an eternity. And I was like, I'm just going to pour myself a tall beer, and it's going to be dumb fun. It was... (laughs) Not. Yeah, that's that's what I was wanting too. Just something like I want to look at dinosaurs and watch them eat people. That's that's so hard to mess up. But it's about locusts. <laughs> the movie is about locusts <laughs> eating crops. Prehist- giant there are very few dinosaurs locusts. in it. Yep. Um, so did you just stream it? You didn't. Yeah, no, I, I did not. I'm glad I did not venture into theaters just for that. Uh, I mean, it made a billion dollars. It's it amazing sure how somehow. marketing can do that. Like like how it can turn yeah. a product that is essentially garbage and just get enough people to watch. I mean, they only have to go once. I mean, it'd be more money if they went multiple yeah. times, but if you just, just get them once, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going uh, into the holiday special excited to see my old friend, star Lord. Oh, well actually, no, I, sorry. There, there is an important piece to this and it was Thor Ragnarok, sure? which oh. I was, I was very excited to, Thunder? See, to see. Yes, sorry. Sorry, Love and Thunder. Okay. I like Ragnarok. Yes. Ragnarok, great. Innocent. <laughs> Ragnarok, innocent. Uh, Love and Thunder just did not work for me, and it was such a bummer, because I love uh, Taika, and... There are a lot of very good pieces in that movie that I heard he had to shave, like, an hour off of it. I would believe, I, I would believe that. And it, you felt it. I think, sure. yeah, there's there's just some, you know, Ragnarok switches all over the place tonally, and I think it pulls it off. But in this, going from, like, the screaming goats to Jane has cancer, yeah. just, there's, there's that's that's a really delicate thing to pull off. But but anyway, in the beginning, when the Guardians of the Galaxy are there, they they feel incredibly off to me. None of them feel like themselves. And I think Star-Lord, it looked like, I don't know how much Chris Pratt was paid for whenever they filmed that but he just was he kind of had like what i think of late harrison ford ironically where he's showing up for the page now part of marvel yes (laughs) who's who's just jordan do you know oh he's taking over uh for thunderbolt ross harrison ford Mm. is the new thunderbolt ross and he will be in the thunderbolts movie your favorite character the guy from civil war and incredible hulk your favorite (laughs) Whose actor uh, died. Uh, yes, the actor did die. He was phoning it in in Black Widow. Pretty. Yes. I mean, not that, not that that movie wasn't one huge phone in. But, I feel uh, like I watched that movie on a phone. <laughs> it did have that kind of vibe. They massacred my boy Taskmaster as well. Oh, gosh. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, all Marvel movies are good, so we just need to remember <laughs> that when we are yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> so... Guardians Christmas special. I'm currently looking at our re-rank sheet. I have it in my overall master list at number 26 out of 39. I put it behind Captain America, the first Avenger, and Guardians Volume 2. So I liked this more than Guardians 2 as of right now. Uh, I've seen Guardians 2 a lot. Wow. This actually made me like Guardians 2 more, because Guardians 2 was lower on my list before the re-rank. Um, I think I had kind of fatigue from that movie from when you watch these every year, it's, 
Ant-Man and the Wasp was not designed to be watched eight times. <laughs> it, it, Let me just it, say it, that. It sure wasn't. I liked Ant-Man the first time in theaters, and my, my critical error was seeing it a second time in theaters, and then just, boy, did that fall for me. It, yeah, it's, uh, really, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the only one. I can even kind of rewatch Incredible Hulk, just because I'm like, it's, this movie's fascinating. That's wild to me. This was made. Uh, <laughs> But Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I think Jordan also, when we did the re-rank, he has it also pretty yeah. low. Um, we put that at... We've been agreeing a lot more recently, Alex. I know you've been off the pod for a while, but uh, <laughs> it seems we've been... Especially this year, we've been pretty much in sync. Except Jordan liked Love and Thunder more than I was expecting him to. And but you I, still ranked it higher than I did. I didn't or like you it. gave it a higher number. I did. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is true. But you, because I've seen that movie three times and you just watched it once. And I think when you watch it more times, you see the... Yeah. The well, my, my my defense of it, and again, yeah, I've only seen it once, is that there were, in when I look back on it, there are parts of it that I liked. But I mean, it's certainly got that disjointed, like several times it's, it's cutting from one plot to the other and you're just like... Like, you almost cringe at the juxtaposition that's created. So, yeah. I, I actually have Ant-Man and the Wasp middle of the pack, but I, I only saw it the once and enjoyed it quite a bit for having only watched it the once. I will say watch it eight times. <laughs> uh, okay. And then kind of see. It's just so weird, too, and maybe it's because when, when I'm watching these, and I watch them all in rele- order of release every year, and they just come up organically, and I watch Infinity War, and I'm like, this is great. I love this. And I'm like, before I get to Endgame, i got to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and it is a bit of a quality dip. And I really love Captain Marvel, um, which I guess... It seems that Captain Marvel, Iron Man 3, and Eternals are the most divisive or polarizing Marvel movies. Uh, but those are the ones that are really higher up on my list than expected. Um, anyway, uh, I gave... I'm going to give the Guardians Christmas special... Um, Hold on. I, I, the re-rank says I gave Guardians of the Galaxy 2 4.25, and then I gave Captain America um, the first Avenger 4. So it's fascinating that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is my, my second highest MCU movie, and yet my rating is only slightly above yours. That's 4.5 out of 5 for me. Uh, oh, you're out. You're going yes. out of six, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, yes, I, I did forget. I forgot that critical <laughs> element. Favorite rating. Okay. Everyone's favorite rating ranking system. Um, Jordan, I just realized on this spreadsheet, I have added Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas on two different pages. Are of they the sheet. both the wrong ones? Because uh, I have them it on the right wrong. page. And yes. then you've already done this. You've already done the thing I've been trying to do in vain <laughs> for thirty minutes. Uh, okay, so my guardian. Sorry, all right, all right, I'm ranking this right now. Give uh, us a number. Scrolling up on the sheet, I'm giving. Uh, so Captain America: First Avenger, I gave a four, and then Guardians Volume Two, I also gave a four. So this is going to be a four. The Guardians Christmas Special is four Avengers at the table, and I'm going to put uh, Star Lord there. I'm going to put Drax there, Mantis, and my boy. All right, Kevin so uh, let's talk about this thing. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, it opens with Fairy Tale in New York, uh, which is me and Jordan's favorite Christmas it, it, it song. Is, it is a phenomenal soundtrack. Yes. I will give the thing that. Yes. This is the best. James Gunn just rules when it comes to music. Like, I don't know what 
he just has the finger on the pop I'll just say pulse. this as an uh, and, headline statement I think this would have made a better playlist than a film <laughs> agree well, it, uh, I would have had yeah, a great well, time no well, Chris Pratt at all uh we get to see Kevin Bacon do stuff. Uh, are either of you fans of the old 97s at all? I mean, I told you, we talked last time the that I know that, that one song. We did. That's right. We are, we Champagne, talked for 45 Illinois. minutes that's, that's the old 97s. Or, yeah, that's, yes. that's the only yeah. one I knew as well. Okay. Uh, I am a pretty decent fan, so when I found out that they were, and I found out pretty late, like they were writing songs for this. So I was floored. Uh, and I do really like the first five minutes of this song. One, because that Christmas song mm-hmm. really rules. It's very, very good. Uh, and then I just like Chris Pratt's little banter where he's like, that's not what happens. Um, which is totally something that you could it, you could view it and it's like, they're just filming like filler while they have a, a down day or while filming Guardians 3. And I, and I think Chris is, those are my, my favorite scenes of his acting was yes. when, when he's kind of riffing on like the this is what he's Christmas is. Yeah, to the inc- when he's the straight man, he's kind of well, kind of kind of like the, the exasperated. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I really like that. Um, and then we get Cosmo the space dog. I was I was excited about. I did not I had so I read afterwards just kind of these various elements that James Gunn's setting up for Volume Three, using yeah. this, and so seeing that Cosmo is going to be like on the team, I think that is very cool. Yes, and played by uh, the Borat girl. Yes. Um, oh, really? What her? I forget her name. <clears throat> the the yeah the girl from Borat too. Uh, she's this is a pretty big role for her. That movie really uh, blew up mm-hmm. her career. Um, good for her. She's very very good. Um, and then Mantis and Drax are just kind of trying to cheer up Star Lord, and they go to Earth, and Kevin Bacon, uh, and. When they're in his house, Mantis is, like, crawling all over the ceiling. And Fountains of Wayne's I Want an Alien for Christmas plays. Uh, and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I love this. I also stayed up until 3 a.m. to watch this. Because uh, mm-hmm. I we got home late from work, and I was like, it's just another hour. Like, why not? Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it the whole time. Jordan, what's, what's, what's your yeah, taste halfway uh, through? I found Drax and Mantis grating. <laughs> like... Yeah, when they were going to Hollywood, like, just their banter back and forth just felt lazy. And, like, the thing... The Chinese theater stuff, That just, like, I mean, they just showed up, and, like, I'm sure they just kind of... I don't know, just felt really lazy. The the thing where she thinks Captain America is really Captain America, I'm like, these people are from space. They're not supposed to be morons. I mean, Drax is supposed to be a moron, but, like... Yeah. They are both... I mean, all of the the characters except. But Kamora. even like that's a level of stupid. Uh, like and, and like it's like they're experiencing money for the first time, as if space doesn't have <laughs> currencies or stealing. Stealing is a new concept to them in this movie when they take things. I don't know. Like it's just. Well, Drax and Mantis, I do think are yeah dumber. I mean, Mantis is just smart in different way, like being an empath, but. I don't think Mantis understands. Which is tough with her power. Yeah, you would think that she would be like some sort yeah, of expert. Being an empath, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but uh, I mean, what other person do you put with Drax? Because everything that Drax is, I mean, you can put him with time, Groot. Because then, I think, just is... you don't have to write half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think splitting up the Guardians, it was is kind of the problem. Where it's just like I think picking any two of them you're just making it kind of weaker than the whole group. And I get that Gamora's in this kind of intermediary. We don't have Gamora. 
um, which I think hurts because that's she's such a great part of the dynamic. Um, yeah. But like, sure. I get that it's it was I'm sure a difficult thing. But like, you got to have a story, and you can't have all the actors the whole time, and it's got to dovetail into volume three and not do anything that people, if they miss it, are like, mm-hmm. I don't understand this. Um, Alex, did you watch Werewolf by Night? I did not. Uh, I wanted okay. to, but Andor was was still coming out weekly, and I only had sure. I had like 60 minutes of Disney Plus time a week, and I wasn't going to give that to, to anybody else. <laughs> so I was, me and Jordan were both kind of mixed on Werewolf by Night. Okay, uh, I had heard it, good things, but it is very good. But me, I I don't know what Jordan's beef was that we did an episode on it. You can listen to that, uh, and he'll <laughs> elaborate. But it is. Uh, non-Marvel Marvel thing. It kind of feels like watching Rogue One when you're a Star Wars fanatic. And Jordan said Rogue One at the time was like his favorite movie. I remember, I I remember like, Jordan saying insane. that once he came out of the theater. And I was like, Ray's not even in it. They're not even like trying to find Snoke. Like what? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker for all that plot stuff. Uh, so having something like Werewolf by Night come out and does not really acknowledge the greater universe. I'll just, just say, like, yeah, in short, is... my crit- criticism with Werewolf with Werewolf it, it by good. Night was that they kind of started to do this old Hollywood thing and then I felt like they just stopped and it just started being like Marvel cinematography in black and white which I thought I, w- I uh. wish they'd like committed to that bit and just like taking a couple movies as examples like old Dracula Universal Pictures and just really stuck to that kind of cinematography and that's the impression I I, that's cool. the impression I got so that's sad yeah. to hear that it it kind of yeah. shifts away from that um I think it it looks cool. That's so. That's the first special, and mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm watching it. I'm just like, it's 45 minutes. Like I really, this is one workout. Like this is just a workout show kind of deal. And it's it's you're not committing to a lot of time. So with the Christmas special, something like Ant Man and the Wasp that is two hours and shares the things that maybe you're uh, critiquing about the Christmas special. I'm just like I have so much more time of this but every time like anything remotely came close to grading uh for the guardian special to me i was like they well first of all they would play a dope christmas song i was like <laughs> i'm in uh and then i was like oh this only has 20 minutes left like i kind of wish it was longer um so yeah I, that was not a uh complaint i had personally but uh alex what what's your take on i, th- I think similar, sim- to jordan's. similar to jordan's uh i think the driving force is literally let's cheer up Chris Pratt, and so I mean, sure, who you want to see sad? <sighs> All you've gone on record. Yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, do I <laughs> do I want to see Star Lord sad? No, but I think yeah. that in in my opinion, his acting was so kind of like not giving it his all, or like a little bit checked out. His scenes in this, it's sure. to me, it was more. It felt more like oh, I'm seeing Chris Pratt on set than I'm as more so than I'm well, seeing. We might have my had friend. to film it probably on an off day during Guardians. Oh yeah, was like, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I, I thought I had the day yeah. off. It's like, no, which and I, I get this. that, but at the same time, I I know how much he's being paid for the Guardians movies, and I can only assume he's being paid more for the third one than the second one. Uh, oh well, yeah, the whole controversy. Like, how much do you think they had to pay him to get him back after they fired him? Oh, oh, because I, oh, oh well, I was talking uh, Chris Pratt salary. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. Um, um, but no, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone's making more on three after uh, the poor choices of letting Gun go and then bringing him back. Uh, 
this is the ultimate villain origin story though for like <laughs> Disney to fire one of their best filmmakers and now he's running DC and could potentially fix their biggest And yet he's still making you know Guardians Volume 3. It's kind of fascinating the way they're just letting him do both. Yeah. Well, he had signed on cuz did you watch Peacemaker at all? Uh I started it. I love no. Peacemaker. Jordan, did you? We talked about it a little bit, but I didn't uh, watch I really... any of it. Okay. I loved it, and again, that soundtrack is 80s hair metal, which I know is neither of your favorite, really. <laughs> um, I love 80s hair metal, and he, much like the Guardians movies, introduced me into a world of music that I was either slightly familiar with, and he just expanded that, or just completely, like, I did not know about this band, and they rule, and they're touring, and I'm going to go see them. Like, he's just so good at giving you songs like... like Fratelli's whistle for the choir is in the uh, Suicide Squad movie that he made. I forgot that. Yeah, like, this this is such a good song that I've heard so many times in a specific place, and it takes me back. And then he'll play something that I've never heard before, and I'm like, I like this just as much. Like this is a fun introduction to uh, a song that I'm gonna have on repeat a lot. Um, so. What else do we want to yeah, say I mean, about the Christmas special? I mean, that's kind of the problem with it, isn't it? <laughs> like, it is short. Like, there's not... I mean, because Kevin well, Bacon, like, that kind of thing, like... I think Werewolf by Night was a joint episode, because uh, it's, you know, too short to do... When did we talk Werewolf by Night? Yeah. With Black Panther? Uh, or she Yeah, I think She-Hulk. Maybe the She-Hulk. last episode of She-Hulk. Okay. Yeah, because that's a longer one. Um... Because to talk, I mean, that's why we're ranking the White Album, which will take 90 <laughs> minutes, I'm sure. Uh, uh, so there is 45 minutes. There's not, a, I mean, the specials are kind of just like yeah. filler. Was so the, is I the holiday my, special 45 yeah. minutes? Yep. I would have sworn it was like 20-something. Wow. It's Well, so, and all these Marvel things have like 12 minutes of yeah. credits or True. whatever. True, yeah. And everything on Disney Plus, they have yeah. the, uh, all the localization credits at the end. No, but anyway, like yes. the, my feeling about uh, this thing uh, as a whole is, it's like I don't know. It's like the kind of funny that like a funny greeting card is, where you open up and you're like, oh, huh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. brutal, and that's, that's about... brutal. <laughs> yeah, but what if the greeting card was singing the best? Christmas I know that music part was good. I do. I, I absolutely thought the music was good. It just wasn't. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Where does this stack up in Marvel MCU movie soundtracks? That's pretty good. I mean, like I, I did like the originals that were in one? it too. Like the the new, yeah. Because I, I think this might be yeah. Because old ninety sevens wrote two of my new favorite Christmas songs of all time. You open with Fairy Tale in New York. You get Alien for Christmas. It's you just hear all these Christmas songs in coals that play on a loop over and over again and they're the ones that have been playing for a hundred years and you hate them just because you hear well I can't speak for everyone I hate them <laughs> because I hear them over and over again uh, but like to have this breath of fresh air and be like Christmas music can be good like if I if I just wish that the characters stopped talking over the mu- music <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know they're having guardians yeah, I mean, I'm being a little I'm I, being a little bit of a a stinker about it but genuinely i did not for the most part i was ready for it to be done is pretty quickly <laughs> i think if this was longer yeah. i might have felt that but the fact that it was so short and there's just so much good stuff in it for me i 
found it enjoyable. Uh, I gave it four out of six adventures. Um, and then, well, I guess the end, we'll just wrap it up uh, with... Uh, Mantis the whole time is worried about telling Star-Lord that they're related. Yeah. Because yeah. his father tried to murder him. And he might view that as, like, she's... I don't know, have a bad relationship with her. Uh, and then he ends up loving that he has a sister. And he's happy. Uh, too much to Alex's chagrin. <laughs> yeah, much, much to my, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it just really hit the hit the spot for I, me. I thought um, Kevin, I think, like, I got a little, I get a little tired by the end of Volume 2 of the Kevin Bacon jokes throughout Guardians. So I... When do they make a Kevin Because I remember it clearly in Infinity War. Like the Footloose. I think it comes up in the first Guardians too, or maybe they do. Yeah, Guardians one. I just watched that actually. Uh, They mention it uh, when he's talking, like when they're going to prison. The first. Yeah. I think it just it it's come up enough times that I was like, okay, this joke's feeling a little played out, and so hopefully this was at least like yeah, the, the tying tying up with a bow. I don't need to hear about Kevin Bacon and future Guardians movies. Sure. But Kevin Bacon also sang a really cool Christmas song as well. Yeah, I thought he was he, he seemed to have a good time and, and put yeah. more effort than I would have for showing up. <laughs> well, I don't know. If I was being paid what they probably paid Kevin Bacon, I would have put in a lot of effort too. But Yeah, well, hey, we're going to will into existence $10 million. Yeah. You're going to join no whatever effort. Scientology church in California that you're talking about. Uh, not I, uh, Just legal disclaimer, it is not affiliated with Scientology, and I am not <laughs> making that claim. <laughs> Um, yes, all of the... Real, real, uh, real... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just the last thing about the holiday special. So when I first heard they announced this, obviously the reason it is called the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is specifically because of another infamous holiday special, that being the Star Wars holiday special. I, I, th- is, I think... That's it's gotta why be. it's called that? I, I think very deliberately that is, there's so many, there's so many things that are holiday specials, but very this few is of them clearly a Christmas special. Very few of them have ever called themselves the blank holiday special, other than the Star Wars holiday special, which I think, especially in the last decade, has become probably more famous than ever among you know. Well, Disney buying that is that on Disney Plus? No, no, no. It's still it's still in a vault, it's and Lucas vault. claims he'll smash your copy with a a hammer. Do you have one? You had like a VHS or something, didn't you? I had I have a burned DVD. And then I've got I've got like a pristine uh, digital transfer that someone made off of like a great VHS recording back in the day. Um, oh. So I was, if you don't know the the holiday special is kind of I mean it's awful it's way worse than this but as a result is far more fascinating. Um, sure. And it's the it's decisions. it's a variety show. It's segments yeah. of your Star Wars gang uh, doing cute little scenes, but then it's like here's Jefferson Starship playing a song uh, and uh, Chewbacca's dad's watching this through his holograph viewer. Um, here's big. Ba- and John Bon Jovi sings a song in it. Does he? Yep. He was in the studio when he, before he was famous, uh, that they were that, filming that. That in. does sound like a, vaguely a familiar. Uh, and he got to sing a song cause he was an aspiring musician. Okay. Um, which, you know, bumps it up a whole other star <laughs> for me. Yeah. But I like B, B Arthur, mm-hmm. Uh, is like the cantina owner and sings a song with all the cantina aliens. There's like a cooking. There's a cooking segment of someone like an alien that's got like four arms and it's clearly a guy behind the guy, and they're just like throwing <laughs> stuff all over the place. So I think when I heard about this, I thought it was going to have like 
some kind of crazy variety hour energy or something. And so I think like when I saw the first teaser, I was like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's kind of just like a, it's a little one-off story. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't seem to pay a lot of attention to, I, I thought too, that there could, they could be parodying that in some point. Yeah. I didn't even make the connection. I just thought Star Wars and Christmas. I didn't even do the title connection. Um, but they did not. It was not a variety show at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, Which might have been better. It's a little special. Eh, you, they could have kept all the songs. Um, yes. Definitely want to keep all the songs. <laughs> um, all right, Jordan, what's, what's your... I keep, I keep going there? back and forth between two and a half and three. <laughs> that's insane. You're a crazy And that's person. all for the soundtrack. Uh, I just... That's, I just... So I found like, this, like, kind of... Other than the soundtrack, a little bit of a, why did they bother doing this? Um, all right. Well, I guess that's a good segue uh-huh. into my next question. How do you two, and Alex, you haven't seen Werewolf by Night, but I'm curious for both of you, both viewing wise, Werewolf by Night was a hit and Disney Plus really wants to focus on prioritizing the one-off hour-long specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, in production instead of making as many six episode shows how do you two feel about that as a format change if if they if they if they do better than this i think that's fine (laughs) just just try a little harder (laughs) i think if they if they use it as an opportunity to give people a chance to do something weird and interesting i think that's great i think there is a, a feeling when i'm watching disney plus stuff that there is just these guardrails that are just lurking for anyone trying to make something for this streaming service that makes it so there's only so many stories they can tell. Like you can't be really subversive. You can't. You can kind of do the theater yeah. of this is like protest, but it's like it's not going to actually be protest. A Ryan Johnson can't come in and kill off the villain from the last thing yeah. unexpectedly, and, and just like like just narratively, thematically, you can't actually be challenging really but i though i have heard good things about andor i haven't seen that at all but i've i've heard people be surprised it's like this is this is unexpectedly good and unexpectedly kind of uh i don't know if they would say political but i, I really i don't have a context it it it, it is unexpectedly political they, they clearly uh were very hands-on with all of the other star wars disney plus stuff and then because this was a character no one cares about, they gave it total creative freedom, which let them do yeah. some So I would like to see that stuff. in these 45-minute things. Like, use it as a chance for somebody to say something. Because so often these say nothing. Well, Andor, you needed yeah. you needed 12 episodes to get into that entire political arc. Yeah. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. you cram that into an hour. Uh, that would be... But, so what I'm thinking happens, and I've only seen two of these specials so far, I think... Werewolf by Night is the type of thing you're going to get, and otherwise you could do stuff like standalone, one-off specials to introduce all the X-Men whenever they get to X-Men movies, and then they all join in a movie. Would you watch, like, or would you enjoy watching a 45-minute Cyclops origin story, and then you're ready for him to show up in the movie being part of the X-Men? Like, is that something you want? I think if I think if that's, I think that's if the goal is only introduction, I don't like it. I think if they have a, like a story they want to tell and you by telling that story, they will introduce mm-hmm. the character. I think that's good. But I think I don't know. So much of this stuff feels backwards. It's like we need something here. Let's fill it rather than I have an idea. Yeah. Let's, I don't know. 
and and from what I read of the interview with James Gunn uh, after watching the holiday special, so much of the holiday special was also James Gunn going like, oh, I can just use this to plot dump things that I don't have to explain now at the beginning of Volume 3. I don't have to explain that sure. Mantis is a sister. I don't have to explain that Cosmo's with them. And um, I think Kraglin is like a, a more key part of the group now as well. Yes. Um, and well, and they did the similar thing in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder that I assume they'll continue with. He's married now; like he has an alien bride. I don't know if she'll become. I a forgot player. about that. Yeah, but that's similar, like exposition. Yeah, and and that, that they have a new ship, movie. the Bowie, and so it's like all of these elements can now appear at the beginning of three. And I'm sure I'm sure it will be organically incorporated. But he doesn't have to explain yeah. to the, the the core fans where these came from. There's a reason for it. Um, and have you both watched I the haven't. Guardians 3 trailer? It looks very good. I I had a very different, strong reaction, <laughs> but I don't really? want to give spoilers to Jordan. What is... But you don't think that it looks promising? I thought it looked dark and dour, and I looked to the Guardians. I think Guardians 2 has, like, some amazing emotional payoff, especially at the end, but otherwise well, it is a... Wins. Otherwise it is a, it is a vibrant, fun more colorful than most other marvel movies and this this looked more not that but but it but i mean it does look colorful yeah i i guess i mean i, I will wait to see the movie this could just be like you know sometimes in the marketing they go for like you got to see it because it's important because important stuff yes. happens to the characters you know and not like yeah. it's fun and we're all hanging out so well, this is also this has always been James Gunn has said he's doing three, and that's the end of this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, uh, okay. He's been saying that since like twenty seven. I guess I got more. I got more Empire time. Strikes Back vibes than I did Return of the Jedi vibes. Uh, that's entirely possible because basically, that's actually could be. I mean, I haven't seen three yet, but that could be accurate because I felt like Volume Two was the return of the Jedi of this trilogy. Mm. Because the first one is such an amazing, I love so much, like, what a great start. Emotional payoff, too, where he reads the letter from his mom at the end. And Jordan's favorite cold open with the hospital scene. It's like a little Pixar vignette. Mm. Um, I Yeah, that, that to me is the whole emotional payoff. So I think that this could be The Empire Strikes Back. Of the but yeah, I'll, I'll certainly reserve judgment for, for seeing the film. Um, and are you going to see it in theaters? When so when does it when does that come out? It is May, May. Okay, maybe. Uh, and Quantum Mania is in February, and then the Marvels are uh, in July. I was also excited for Quantum Mania before seeing yeah. the trailer. Uh, oh, I don't I know. Am so hyped for the Quantum Mania! Like I, that got me so much because again, Ant Man and the Wasp fatigue has had me yeah. like soured on this franchise. Understandable. Uh, and they're introducing Kang the Conqueror, and Jordan has gone on record saying if they screw up Kang, be, like they've kind of fumbled the last two movies, that would be a very selfish move yeah. on their part. Agreed. To mm-hmm. because he's the next big bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm and I'm excited. I'm excited for that. He was great in Loki. Yeah. Jonathan Majors is such a good actor. He actually came to uh, the Virginia Film Festival uh, in Charlottesville. Oh wow! And I was not he was at the paramount which i am not longer or i no longer work at um but my boss got a picture with him and sent it to Dang. me uh and i was just like oh i was there the year christoph waltz was there but not <laughs> jonathan majors um but yeah 
Uh, okay, so it sounds like we've uh, reviewed this special. Alex, you want to give it a, a ranking out of six? Out of six? Yeah, that's our ranking. Uh, I was, yeah, I'd give it a three. Three out of six. Hey, more than Jordan. Yeah. I thought Jordan, Jordan like, said two and a half yeah, to three. I think... <laughs> yeah, but you wrote down two and a okay. half. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, I'm still going back and forth because the last, the reason I'd give it a half is I do think they do pretty consistently good, like, background character weird alien designs, which I think are kind of fun, and someone had a chance to do that for this. Yeah, the old 97s yeah. look wacky. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's I, I, I will say the, uh, we didn't talk about the animated mm-hmm. segments, Oh, which yes, I did not animated. care for. But purely from a technical standpoint, where as soon as I see it, I know what they're doing, and I know what they're trying to make it look like, and I just, I didn't think those two things meshed. Do you know the reasoning why they did that? So it's supposed to look like kind of like the cheap animation you would see in the 70s and 80s, which for, that's probably uh, the strongest connection to the Star Wars holiday special, is it actually does look a bit like the, this is kind of fast, but more stylized yeah, cartoon style. Um, but the way they do it is it's basically a program that takes the live action footage and then they draw the main elements and then it's like tracking their movements so it's it's sort of like traced and it just interesting i mean it's it's a jarring effect but it just to me it didn't look like they they could have just animated it like things used to be but that would have cost a hundred times more yes. so i know why they did it that it way, reminds but, me well, have you seen you know joel haver on YouTube? I, yes yeah yes, except for his has this intentional kind of goofiness to it that yes. this was trying to hide that and it's like and, it looks worse and you kind of can't because it's just it's a it's a goofy looking effect yeah mm-hmm. yeah and everyone all the characters kind of sway like this because you have to have constant motion or else they don't look like there's anything there's no animation going on mm-hmm. uh but yeah true um all right well shall we uh begin our christmas tradition of the white crit of the white white christmas white, white, white christmas <laughs> how do you want to go do you want to go um, bottom to top i was so Ooh. yes because I when i was ranking this i sat looking at the blank page for about 30 minutes before i was like this is impossible i have to go worst to best when ranking these i'll say just um, as a and should yeah. we should we log all of them and then average together so we get I don't know because I don't have points for mine. Like I have a tier list. Um, oh, I ranked all. I don't have and numbers. I, that's. I mean, obviously, I have. You gotta have just just put them in front for the sake. Like obviously they're interchangeable. Like six and seven of mine, you could argue one's better than the other. But let's just see. I don't know. As we go, I think we'll have some synchronicity, and we can just kind of note it because I. So one thing I was just gonna say is I have twenty songs in S and A tier. The top two tiers, basically. Okay. okay. What does S stand? It's just for? the top one the on top a tier letter? list. It always is. But I, think it, I think it's sup- I think it's superior, um, but yeah, it is a Japanese system. And then it's A B C D, right? With yeah. S, yeah, S first, then A B C D. Uh, yeah, because I have. That's how my PlayStation trophies are ranked, and I've never understood. I had I had more in B at at one point, but then I kept like I kept going back and listening. I'm like, I don't think this is a B. This is great, <laughs> and so I had a little right. bit of inflation. Uh, that's so when ranking yeah. these, and I think just for the sake of ranking the White Album, we should obviously like, yeah, these two can be interchangeable, but let's just give a definitive number for the sake of ranking the album. If this is going to be a Christmas tradition that we do with 
each Beatles album every year. So just like one to... I, I know it's challenging. Just one to whatever, because I can just... Yeah, so I'm going to go the bottom of my list, and I will read my last place, right. and then uh, maybe you guys... Either we can do it, you tell me the number that that is ranked. Yeah. Are there th- uh, for 30 you, songs? Or there are 30. Okay. I just, I put my rank, I put my tier list into a number thing just to make the numbers yeah, easier. I just wanted to make sure that was the right number. And then you just, like, obviously, like, the five, the five best songs on this album are pretty interchangeable. Yeah. Like, there's not really a best. I, well, yeah, no, you go, you go ahead. But, but, but we'll get, all right, so do you want me to read my list from bottom to top? And you guys add your numbers. I think we all do thirty, and like, then we do all do twenty nine, all do twenty eight, like that. Okay, I think that's good. That. Real, real quick, I, I'm curious. We could do this after the ranking if you want. Our, our general feelings about the White Album specifically. I feel like I remember it being Jordan's favorite album. It's my favorite. Yeah, right now my favorite is probably Abbey Road, but this is like one of those things that it ping pongs around. Which yeah, he goes yeah, back okay. and forth. Whereas he, for, he for me, this is consistently near the bottom. Wow, you're a Meet the Beatles fan. <laughs> I'm not. What's your number one? Beatles for sale, then. Uh, Revolver. Okay, yeah. That's been that. This is near the bottom. That's a wild... only because I my and this is this is an opinion probably like like many foolish opinions men have passed down from a foolish father. <laughs> and and my so your father doesn't like correct this album. my 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 dad. But, I mean, obviously he likes it. Yes, yes. I mean, it's 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 yeah. like that mixed bag it's where the it's the Beatles. Of course, I love it. Yeah. But also, yes. yeah, he puts it at the bottom. Uh, basically, his his thesis is it should be a single album, not a double album, and you make the 12 great songs, and then it's near the top of all Beatles albums. My father has said the exact same thing throughout my childhood, okay. and he also holds this in low but esteem. In- and I, the whole time, I'm like, you're fucking crazy, And of course, <laughs> like, this album rules. The counter-argument to that is that we get to see some weird stuff from the Beatles here that we would never have seen otherwise. Like, like it's only when you give someone this much room that you can get a, I don't know, I'm looking at, the, like, a Piggies or something. Well, I don't think Piggies would have made are, it Yeah, it. and then, I can't cut 18 of yeah. these. And I, That's too much I, content. I think, they're all, I mean, not all, but there's there's a lot. I, of I understand. I, I totally agree with that. I think for me, it's weird because when I when I grew up listening to the Beatles, the Beatles anthology albums were part of that rotation. So mm-hmm. I was used to hearing the demos and the one-offs that you know that don't make it. But yeah, how many of these we might not have ever heard if they weren't on the album? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, which uh, yeah, this album. All right, so Jordan, you're about to. Are you scribing? Are you writing? Uh, I, yeah, I can. Can I? Are you gonna type? I can do it if you. No, can. I can do it. But if. Okay. I'm just trying um, to figure out how I want because I, I have some notes on want, here that I wanted that well, I didn't want to say. I was just like justifying some of my reasoning. Uh, no, that's that's fine. We can get into it. Yeah, we have 90 minutes. Remember to do this one <laughs> segment of this this Marvel podcast. Although me and Jordan have gone on several Beatles tangents throughout the history. Yes, of this show, no, it's been so a regular feature. All right, let me just get enough okay, columns uh, in here because I do want like our communal averaged ranking to see what yeah this is i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to do this because i guess i'm going to put your numbers by my numbers i think it would be easiest if we went if i like we did the marvel rankings or in a spreadsheet i say yeah here i can share the spreadsheet with y'all this is great podcast content the logistics we always (laughs) we always get the logistics of what we're doing 
Which is crazy because this was like the first time you had the spreadsheet ready to go for the Marvel yeah. stuff, and we like knocked that out of the park and didn't have to wait. And now, all right, we have I'm, this should show up for both of y'all. And let me make sure you have all the permissions. Okay. Okay. Now I am opening my Google Drive shared with me. It's funny because y'all are about to see my stuff. list. <laughs> it's oh, already yeah. going to be preloaded in. You'll get your spoilies. I almost don't want to look yeah, at that. I'm, I'm going to open up. I'm, I'm ignoring it. I'm okay. going to look. I'm um, going to have it open, but also won't look. You're going to have it open? Um, it, it's open, but where do we want to add the songs? I guess if you just want to make your own... Like, I don't know, if you just open your own Google Sheets and then put it in there, we can combine them all at the end. Like, you can just drop it in. Okay. Okay. Um, then I'll... Can I... How do I add a page? God, this is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, um, how do I add a sheet? Oh, there it is. The little plus yep. icon. There we go. Sheet 2. All right. Um, my... And I'm going to start from 30 yep. and go up. My least favorite song on the white album and then are you guys gonna just give me your feedback like what you think about the song and then where it stacks how do you want to yeah basically i think i think we rattle them off pretty quick because there's so many to get through but yeah there are so what's your 30 okay my least number 30 is revolution (laughs) nine i i I, could have predicted that yeah yes because that is and it's in it's in a very different spot on mine same i imagine it is (laughs) And I imagine it's in a different space on Jordan's. It's not really a song as much as it is just like a crazy experiment that you're like, this is wild. Like this, this exists. It's a beautiful theater of the mind, uh, but we'll get to that later. Uh, number 30 <laughs> for me is Good Night. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just it's so schmaltzy like it's almost so schmaltzy that i like it like it almost comes back around but it doesn't quite because ringo's performance is bad i don't think he's a bad singer but i think his performance here is not so great i don't know it's it's kind of like the the star wars christmas special of good night songs (laughs) like it has that kind of charm to it but it's also some somewhat obnoxious like to all right alex what's your number 30 uh don't pass me by yeah Oh, that is in a very different place on my <laughs> okay. list. I, I've, I think that is arguably Ringo's most underrated song. That cla- that's just another, like, I mean, going back to, you know, being a literal child listening to this album yeah. just never, never caught me. I, it did not click with me as a child, but as I got older, I am much more into it. Um, 29. And, oh, good night. I probably might have also mentioned to Jordan since we talk about the Beatles a lot. Uh, I bought the like $150 like super white album yeah. deluxe when it came out for the 50th mm. anniversary and it comes with the Escher demos and a whole bunch of like studio versions that weren't released and there is like an acoustic version of all four of them singing good night that is the way the song should have been recorded hmm. um, but that version was not released it is this grand theatrical Ringo singing good night uh, number 29 for me is long 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 interesting Exact same position My, for me. Really? Okay, we agree. There's some I have scene. Wild Honey Pie um, is 29. Uh, okay. That's at least short. That's I like Long, the Long, only Long. Reason. <laughs> I, my father does too, and I don't... Like, he doesn't really think this album is all that great, comparatively, and I he's like, defends Long, 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 and I think that's insane. <laughs> he's clearly... He does not listen to music well. Um, 
All right, so you have... All right, Alex, did you give us your 29? Yeah, also, yes, also long, 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 long. Okay. Okay, my 28 is Wild Honey Pie. My 28 is Birthday. What? what? I, it's just... A... <laughs> I'm so... You guys are going to have Revolution 9 at, like, <laughs> 8. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be... My, my 28 piggies. Okay. Okay. See, that's kind of like Don't Pass Me By. It's one that I'm just... I and I I enjoy but. I enjoy piggies, but it's like could this be cut from the uh, album? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, but it may be not the first to be cut or the third to be cut. True. Uh, all right, number twenty-seven for me is why don't we do it in the road? Oh, same. And I feel okay. like this is one that I, this I'm starting to like actually enjoy these, even though we're still this low on the list. I like <laughs> why don't we do it in the road? I don't love it, but it's it's. Into I, a positive direction. Really, the only one that like, and it's the Beatles, so like all of it's perfect. But the only one that I find grading is Revolution Nine because it's nine goddamn minutes. It's so long and it doesn't real. It's just so abstract. Yeah. And there's nothing for me as a pop music lover to mentally grip when I'm listening to it. I mean, I definitely don't uh, listen to Revolution Number Nine as much as I listen to some of the other songs on this album but when i do listen to it i I find it interesting and like there's a lot of textural stuff going on that i think i I appreciate but i probably listen to it you know once a year or twice a year something like that sure and that is you're probably you are more of like an album i think both of you are more album people like top to bottom and i shuffle all of my music constantly Uh, okay yeah like all of it so i get a trapped song followed by the beatles wild yeah (laughs) which which which, is just by the uh, way i think it's surprising that i don't like good night more because it comes after revolution number nine like that's almost the perfect placement for it because it's like this weird you go from such abstract to so like by it's like a children's song yeah. So it's I, yeah. I I feel like it should almost work, but it just doesn't quite for me. But anyway, so let's do. Uh, wait, what was your twenty seven? Okay, my twenty. Um, honey pie, regular honey pie. Okay. Whoa, the old show tune honey pie. The non wild honey pie. Oh yeah, my man, we, our lists are going to be inverted. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just Paul being a pop star in the the old old times of that genre. All right, 26. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. Okay, so 26 is Good Night. Okay, yeah. For me, it's Piggies. So we are getting, like, a lot of the same okay. kind of songs down here. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely some crossover. Although Revolution 9 has not come up on either of <laughs> Not for a while yet. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, mine, mine is uh, Wild Honey Pie. You like Wild Honey Pie more than regular I actually do. Pie. Fascinating. What don't you like about regular Honey Pie? It's not bad. It just doesn't grab me. I there's I, I think there's yeah. more for I mean Wild Honey Pie is extremely short, which it has to be. It is. But I, I think yeah, I think God. there's more going on there to me than there is in uh regular honey pie. Um all right. Uh number twenty five for me is Cry Baby Cry. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> mine's don't pass me by. Oh, no. Okay. Alright. Well that should be higher, but fine. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't even think twice about this, but I'm now realizing okay. that this might be a crime to some. Uh, Mother Nature's son. <laughs> um, I I think that is kind of a sleeper hit. I do like that song, but I don't know anyone who's like that's their favorite. Uh, okay, I I know some people who that is like their favorite Lennon. It isn't. 
A tier to me. Yeah, it's I do really like that song, but there's just too many fucking slappers on this. But album. I will say, like I said, there's 20 songs in A or S tier, so yeah, it's it's quite a bit. Um, all right, so we all did 25 yep. just now. Yep. Okay, 24. This is gonna be a hot take. Blackbird. Wow, that is lower than I would thought yeah. for you, especially. I don't know. Just agree. I think. I think Blackbird is one of the most overrated songs. I think it is certainly one of Paul's most overrated. Yes. It also, I guess Here Comes the Sun also gets a lot of play. I do like that more. I do think that gets overplayed. Uh, I mean, it's the most played the Beatles song on Spotify. Goes. It's the the public's favorite it's Beatles so song. Fast. Why? But why it's so pleasant. I mean, what I think that song. But they have a lot of pleasant songs. They're pleasant. Yeah. It's a, it's pleasant in a timeless way, though. I, I get I get the popularity. Um, I just my twenty four yeah, okay. is Glass Onion. Yeah. Oh, wow! I just feel like it's some of their. Uh, this is the note I have in there. Uh, less inspired psychedelia. Like it just feels like they've been there for a little bit, and now they're just like, because because it like even the song itself is so self referential. But yeah, they're talking about the I lore know, but it, I just of their body yeah. of work. It feels a lot like the and next Paul's song bass, on the list for me. Paul's bass sounds wild in that uh i really like it so alex what's your 20 i have sexy sadie Ooh. wow is that okay. that's low that's lower than you guys okay, okay. <laughs> a lot very different. <laughs> wow very okay. different uh do you think that one's overplayed or what's your no what is your i think is that i'm trying sadie? to think in, is that next to um why don't we do it in the road in the in the no because why don't we do it in the roads disc one I believe. okay sexy sadie's disc two huh I don't know why those go together for me, but yeah, I I don't know. It just uh, I mean, I think it's great, but there's so much of that for this. That's why this list was like I was pulling my hair out making it because yeah, I know it. I it took me so long to make this list, and I would still interchange. Like once we get to the top ten, all of them are. I mean, I think I think the best answer, and this is the answer for most of these, is like there's nothing else above that on my list that I would put lower, and that's just the only reason it's where it is. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Twenty three. 23 bungalow bill okay mm. mine is savoy truffle which is kind of the same as glass onion it feels just kind of like generic psychedelic like look at us say weird words next to each other <laughs> whereas like there's like, just some kind of swagger yeah. to savoy truffle that i just really fucking love <laughs> yeah that i never it never clicked with me as a kid but the older i get i'm just like harrison is in the pocket <laughs> here he is killing it mm. Uh, just the guitar, everything. Um, Alex, uh, you're 23. Warm gun. Oh. Ha- happiness is a warm wow. gun. Wow. Oh. Me and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is a that is a stab. To that the is gut. that is for me at least famously a song that I never cared for until um, the Across the Universe movie, which is a mixed bag but has some inspired elements. And I actually liked its rendition in that more than I liked. Oh man. Yeah. I have always loved that song and yeah the across the universe like that was a cool sequence and everything and i like that version but it's just the original is just yeah we can talk about more when it comes up on our our list when when it comes up in the in the master list um god so fucking good okay uh my number 22 is subway truffle okay mine's long 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 Mine is also Subway okay. Truffle, which is interesting because that was Jordan's hey, twenty three. Yeah, so we all we have all that had it close. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so it is. Yeah, it's it's lumping in there. 
So I rated long, long, long highest, and I don't really have uh, any strong good feelings. It's just, it's it's that marginal. You like it more than yeah, Savoy Truffle, I do. though. That's weird. Because I, I just, all, all the ones that really like the, the, the middle, the mid-tier songs on this, or the bad ones, I give them points for being short mm. into the point. And Long, Long, Long is so stretched out and it feels like it's seven minutes. I know it's probably like four Some or might five. call it long. <laughs> it's long, long. Uh, and Cry Baby Cry kind of have the same attitude toward um, that just goes on for a long yeah. time. And See, this is the this is what's going to be interesting about this. We get to the top. There's going to be a weird song or two for everybody that we're just going to be like, I don't understand you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's already right, 21. Um, 21 is birthday. Okay. I have Revolution right. 1, which I feel like is low, but the single I think is so that much is better. Like, if the single didn't this, exist, yes. this would be probably top 10, but the single does exist, and yeah. I think it's an improvement in every way. Yeah. And that was that recorded... I guess that was recorded after, because the Revolution... I have no idea. Because they were, they were, like, noodling around. This was, like, Escher demos, Maharishi yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they're just playing the acoustic one. And then I guess at some point John's like, what if we used amps for this song? Um, the fact that they called it Revolution 1 leads me to believe it was the first. I always thought that and was just to Revolution. distinguish it from 9 yeah. being on the same album. Oh, maybe. And also it implies the existence of Revolutions 2 through 8, which I think <laughs> is interesting. Lost to time. Yeah. Which we called, I know when me and Alex labeled our... Um, well, Alex did this, and I copied him. When we got the 2006 Love CD, uh, we called Alex called Revolution, the re, the Redux Revolution on that album, Revolution Two, and I copied. That, I forgot. I uh, completely I forgot doing that. It, imported it on my PlayStation to listen to. <laughs> um, so yes, there we are waiting for three through eight, which I think is, is that, pretty cool. Are we on number twenty uh, one? Yes. Okay, so 21. I have. I'm so tired. Oh yeah, that that's all. Uh, it does. I don't. I, I can't argue with you. <laughs> that's that's the thing about this uh, list. Okay, uh, number twenty for me is Mother Nature's song. Mine is Obladi Oblada. Wow. Oh, that's okay. Harrison. <laughs> I wonder if me and Alex are going to agree on that song, or get closer to. Um, Alex, what, should, what did you say? You're twenty. Uh, twenty. I have Cry Baby Cry. about where i was expecting uh okay number 19 for me is everybody's got something to hide except for me and my that's monkey. interesting that's my next one wow oh that's your next okay. one Jordan. 18 uh this okay. one's bungalow this, this is an bill. upset to me okay. okay bungalow bill and what was your 19 alex revolution one okay so i think i have that slightly higher than both of you i do i do just like I mean, I obviously like the the regular version much better. The electric version rules, but I the, I just there's something cool about the acoustic version and their harmonies in this one. It's a bit more stripped down, and you can hear more of the layers instead of just the the high voltage guitar, which is also very good, obviously. Um, number eighteen for me is Julia. Ooh. Interesting. That'll, that'll be higher for me. Uh, and then, like I said, me and my monkey is my 18. Okay. And, uh, and I have Blackbird there. Okay. So, 
Jordan's holding out on black roses. I am. <laughs> uh, Piggies is my 17. Rocky Raccoon. Which I quite okay. like, but, I mean, that's, yeah. I do. That's actually my 16, so yeah. we're, we're pretty close. I have a glass onion there. Okay. So I have glass onion at the highest. Um, so, as mentioned, my number 16 is Rocky Raccoon. My 16 is back in the USSR. Oh, too it, low. This just sounds like, uh, and again, these are no. I'm reading directly off what I said. Uh, sounds like it's a solo McCartney song just on a Beatles album. It feels like this could be on Wings, some Wings album. Oh, man. I think it's like a Beach Boys kind of, like, rocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, definitely that, yeah. that impression is there, but it just it doesn't feel yeah. Beatles-y to me. I think the the idea was it's... kind of doing a parody of the Beach Boys in response to Pet Sounds, but also just, like, the idea of, like, where would you want to get back to? Yeah. No American or English person is going to say the USSR. Yeah. I think it's one of the coolest album openers. Great track. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, I agree. Just, <laughs> like, as soon as I... I just remember hearing it in the CD the, player, and the, the plane is, like, take the, yeah. the jet is landing or taking off or whatever or does it take off at the beginning and then it lands at the end probably uh, that sounds like what they do i, I don't maybe, know maybe yeah <laughs> I, I i do remember in middle school reading like one of those websites that had like breaking down all the easter eggs and every beatles track and before school i would just like read a couple tracks and for back in the ussr they made a note next to the line about uh what is it a paperback on my knee or something Yes, and and then they made a note Boy, that I said uh, the note said callback to the previous song paperback writer, and I remember even as a middle schooler thinking like that seems like a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, my <coughs> wait, Alex, did you say yours? Which number? Sixteen. Why 16. don't we do it in the road? That's interestingly high. I I, is, I like that your... one. Yeah. What about it? Uh, I think it's one of those where, like, the rawness of the lyrics, or, uh, or not the lyrics, but the singing, mm-hmm. like, you know, the voice, kind <laughs> sure. of. I just, yeah. Um, okay. And my number 15 is Don't Pass Me Mine by. is Revolution 9. Right in the middle. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah this is the is dead something. middle. Interesting. That is something. Uh, uh, Martha, my dear. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I that's is... that's one that I kind of knew my ranking is a bit lower than I think the consensus, but Yeah. I mean when we're about to get to the point where they're all interchangeable, like within five ranks yeah. of each yeah. other. Um if we're not already there. My fourteen is Helter Skelter. Mine's honey pie. Okay. Mine's I will. Okay. Interesting. And Alex, you already said Blackbird. I right? did. That was my 18, already, yeah. Okay. Jordan hasn't yet. Jordan is holding <laughs> Kate's out. Kate's waiting to find out where Blackbird <laughs> lands. Yeah, I'm so... It's interesting. Uh, my 13 is Your Blues, and this was probably the most difficult, like, going back and forth, is this or Helter Skelter higher? Yeah. Uh, they're pretty much the same in my eyes. I, I like, came out the same way, but Helter they're Skelter both high, higher for me. But I okay. put Your Blues above Helter um, Skelter. Or wait, no, you just said the opposite. I put your blue. Okay, no, so we're the same. Uh, my thirteen is Blackbird. Wait, the wait is over. <laughs> <laughs> the, the suspense. Yeah. The qu- the problem is answered. Uh, Alex. Uh, good night. 
which wow. I think is the highest of of the good nights. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah Jordan. Jordan's Jordan. complaints are ac- absolutely valid. That one's just. I think because I heard it as a kid, yeah. I was like, "That's such a sweet, that's it's such a sweet pleasant. little lullaby." Very but pleasant. if you were making a twelve-track yeah. white album, that would be just off. <laughs> I actually, Which, I think wait, a white and, album. And when you say 14. that, that feels wrong. <laughs> I think it would need to be fourteen or fifteen because a lot of them are. It needs. Yeah, to if be you were if you were cutting a disc like twenty, if you were cutting a whole disc off, it would still be fifteen, I guess. Yeah. So mine would it still end it's with Revolution Number Nine, which I like, except for there's no way yeah. that would fit. No. <laughs> disc one, no. But disc one is so hit after hit. And then disc two, it kind of feels... And then obviously there are a couple missteps in one, comparatively. Uh, but two just feels like, and the rest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in no particular order. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the Revolution 9 followed by Goodnight is an interesting turn. But if you're comparing, like, White Album Disc 1 to White Album Disc 2... It seems like I think universally one would be better, right? I mean, there's more songs. Unless you guys, you guys really like Revolution Nine, though, so that might skew your. Like, if you could only, I think pick I would one, pick and you couldn't resequence the songs because yeah, that that there's a run in the middle there, which songs. is like most of my top five. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same exact. Like, really, there's yeah, it's just all bangers up until like. It peters out a little in the middle, but then the end just... All right, so what, Alex, what was your 13? Good night. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, so 12? Okay. My 12 is Revolution okay, 1. Mine's Mother Nature's Son, which I note here is kind of a Paul Simon yeah. impression to me. Feels like a song that he would yeah. have written, which is something that, yeah. I like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do like Paul Simon. Uh, I have Birthday uh, I have there. On record. Okay. Take a cha-cha-cha chance. I think that's a very fun, <laughs> yeah. fun song. Um, eleven for me is Glass Onion. Uh, I went with I will. I like these ballads. I'm have a lot of Paul Sign or not Paul Sign Paul McCartney in a row. Yeah, uh, leading yeah. up to this. Well, all minor in yeah. the top, I believe. Um, uh, I've got Alex. Julia at eleven. Okay, it's a very pretty song. Julia never really clicked with me as a child, but it's clicking with me more and more as I get older. Yes, yeah, that's, that's when I just always like this is pretty. Mm-hmm bridge is interesting to me like i i don't know i just couldn't get behind it as a Hmm. a kid it was an interesting stylistic decision but it's it's great uh my number 10 is while my guitar gently weeps mine is helter skelter mine is rocky raccoon okay um my number nine is honey pie mine oh that that is quite high yeah that's probably that would drop a few yeah. <laughs> now that I'm I'm actually going to oh, where do I put that I would put These, that this list would change every day if I wrote it every day like <laughs> I know that's the thing alright so I'm just going to keep it where it is but it would drop it is like three yeah. lower than than top ten it's just outside the top ten so that was your nine okay that mine's your nine. blues okay uh, mine is bungalow bill Okay. My eight is Dear Prudence. This is where I transitioned to S tier. So all that stuff, yeah. there, was, <laughs> exactly. there was a big Same. A tier there, whereas it's, again, kind of interchangeable. But now the top eight are all, I think, phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm, this, I'm the same way. My top eight is also. Okay, so then mine starts with While My Guitar Gently Weeps, so it's the bottom of S tier. But I still, like, especially <laughs> uh, early on as a Beatles fan, like, this is the kind of 
one of the few Beatles songs that you'd hear like on a classic rock station. Yeah. Like it, it's just got like a yeah. coolness to it that lets it play with the other 70s kind of rock songs. It is. And it also feels like a prototype the of what the 70s rock became. Well, because right. Eric Clapton was featured on it, I believe, and he was one of the driving forces of that genre. Um, I think the overplayed like radio thing just that's what knocks it down a couple notches. Definitely, yeah, that's why uh, unre- unrelated. Hey Jude, never been in probably my top twenty. Yeah, I think just oh, overexposure man. from such a young Number age. Number one with mm-hmm. the bullet. I, th- I thought it, I couldn't remember. I knew it was high on yours. I yeah, which like hey Jude. masterpiece. Can't disagree. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. That song. Um, that Beatles. Did you watch that Beatles movie, The Danny Boyle, yesterday? I did not. No. Uh, it's it's fun. It's like interestingly like more a rom com. Yeah, than that's what else, I've, I've But heard. like the premise is brilliant. And yeah, I, I'm I really I'm familiar that. with the the idea. Execution. The whole movie was just like, ah, is, does this really work? And then the credit song is "Hey Jude." I'm like, masterpiece. <laughs> Can't be beat. <laughs> it's the best movie ever. <laughs> Uh, studio version Hey Jude is the best way to win my heart over. Okay. Um, number seven, I'm so tired. Do we skip eight? Sorry, did I did I skip eight? Uh, yeah, yeah, mine's Oba Di Boda. Okay. Okay. Because me and Jordan Talk about were what? talking about our, we're in our ass. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yours is Oba Di Boda. My number seven is I'm so tired. My number seven is G- I. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I I just love John getting into a series like I'm going insane like mm-hmm. I that gets me yeah we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we've still yet to get to it on my list so I also agree that it's great <laughs> oh boy uh, my number seven is Julia which I think is the highest uh, that that placed yeah. yes yeah you are that's yeah that wouldn't be ST for me but it is uh, so I will say song. that looking at this I have so much John Lennon in S tier. And I also have a lot of them like I, down in B tier. You know? So it seems like he got split, and Paul McCartney was what split him. <laughs> Paul, Paul's consistent, yeah. if nothing else. He's a consistent <laughs> pop star. Uh, my my seven um, is back in the USSR. Okay. <laughs> Which might has anyone else not had that yet? I have not okay. had mine. Wow. Um, my number six is Martha, my dear. Mine is Sexy Sadie. Oh wow! Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. S tier. I have your blues. Okay. Okay. So you you also regard that? Yeah, I, I, I thought I like it a lot. I thought it was kind of unconventional to put it as high as I. Did. Mine was at the top of. I thought I would get the, Mine was in S tier at one point, but I dropped it down, trying okay. to level yeah. off my list, I, which never really happened because everything stayed in A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. My number five is Sexy Sadie. Okay. Uh, my number five is Cry Baby Cry, which wow. is enormously higher than both of y'all's, I believe. <laughs> yeah, that was. 20. What is your attachment to? What is your attachment? To uh, I I love playing this song on piano. The there's like this bass line okay. thing that's dropping in it. That if you're playing it just by yourself, I don't know. It just it sounds really good. Uh, just like this dropping oh. bass line thing. Uh, and I don't know. I play it a little bit louder than like the recording of it is, but I, I don't know. It's always been one of my favorites on this album. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, my number four is happiness is a Wait, did Alex give his five? Oh yeah. My five is uh, while, while my oh, guitar sorry. gently weeps. Okay. Okay. All right. That, that tracks. Um, happiness is a warm gun. Is my Mine is four. dear prudence. Okay. Mine is revolution nine. 
Wow. Top five. Fascinating. Yep. Wait, did Jordan, did you say your revolution yeah, I was 15. already? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was right. Which is it's so, so one of us had wow. it at the very bottom, one of us had it in the middle, and one of us had it at the very top. <laughs> that's it that's about polarizing. That's kind of what I expected. I thought Jordan would have it like in the top half, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah, I thought you. Would I have just. It, I. I think, <laughs> and this is something that only happens, you know, in defense of the double album, its inclusion, obviously. Yeah. But I. I just think, yeah. and I know, like, there's the famous history of just the arguments, the fights, but the fact that that nine-minute art sound collage avant-garde made it onto what was easily like the most widely listened to commercial release of the year is just i love that it's such a fluke of history that the people who happened to have the best pop band in the early 60s were also so (laughs) interested in just a variety of music like it's it's inexplicable like yeah you could just i I can't even think of equivalent today no like Guys, the Beatles are really <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> like, they're just so good. Has anyone heard of these guys? Uh, yeah, <laughs> these just, four lads from God, Liverpool really done good. So good. <laughs> they're just so good. Um, okay. Uh, my number... Oh, Alex, what's your dad's take on Revolution 9? Oh, hates it. If Okay, because my father... He wouldn't let me skip he, it. it. Uh, like, if we, I remember listening to the album the first time, uh, like, in the car, kind of. And it was just like he, we'll, we'll we'll let it go once. I mean, he probably regretted in minute five saying yeah. that. But okay, sure. At that point, you got to finish. No, but he's he's definitely old school. Uh, Yoko broke up the Beatles. That oh, well, yeah. How dare she? And then she makes this thing. Yeah. To Whereas I I very much am on the opposite end of that. But that's that's very much a a take that you can make with history. And I don't think anyone at the time was really defending Yoko. So. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, or her uh, wacky <laughs> handprint on butt cheeks art. All right, so number three, number three, back in the USSR. Okay. So you you're a big fan a, of yeah. What a great kickoff to this album that is my favorite yeah. Beatles album. Well, that's definitely a great track. Uh, I I just like I got this, this I got this album in seventh grade. And I was collecting all the Beatles CDs. I got it for my birthday. I just remember driving home. It was we were at my relative's house and they gave me gifts and then I'm driving home and I just put it in the CD player. I'm just listening to that plane take off and I'm just like, I am so fucking mm-hmm. in this. Like this is gonna be great. This next twenty nine songs and then you know there's like Revolution Nine and stuff <laughs> that happens that I'm just like, what is going on? Like seventh grade me is not having it at all. Um, I also similarly. I, I mean, the Beatles are really fucking good, but like the first time I heard Taxman, I had a same feeling like this album's going to be great. And then Sgt. Pepper mm-hmm. was also like those three, I think, are my my top album kickoffs. Like, yeah, God, so good. OK, uh, what, mine is I'm so thing? tired. Big fan of that song. Yeah, fucking rules. Yeah. So good. Uh, Helter Skelter, which is right. kind of okay. I feel like kind of similar to Revolution 9, like is that high? Also, just because of its historical mm-hmm. weight with, like, the Manson stuff, that's kind of, like, it's it's just, I don't know, it, crazy, fascinating I am history. also fascinated that that's high, as high on your list, seeing as I, of the three of us, am the most into heavy metal music, and that is probably the closest, like, the Beatles got to Sabbath. Yeah, well, absolutely. absolutely. Like I, I think, I, I, think and, I like it for that reason, as being so kind of daring for them at the time. 
but you're not into the music that inspired it inspired not nearly as much as as i would say helter skelter specifically no i mean i I enjoy some metal from time to time but i also think it's fun that it's that paul mccartney on this album has helter skelter and like blackbird and i will yeah like it really insane range yeah he's got the range like that's why this album rules (laughs) there's no two songs that are like the same it's just so good they like each one kind of has a theme that they're going for but White Album's just like, we're going to throw everything to the wall and see what sticks. And everything <laughs> sticks. All right, number two. <laughs> number two is I Will, okay, which could be argued that is my number one favorite Beatles love okay. song. Okay. I like Here, There, and Everywhere. I feel like those are similar. I know, and I that's, that's a close, those two, those two compete. In my, my number two my is mind. Martha, My Dear. I just think it's it's a very good song. The piano is amazing on it. It's Paul playing it, or is someone else playing it? The falsetto. I imagine it's just it's almost like it feels like at the edge of where his piano skills are. Not that he's a, I mean he's a great piano player, but I don't know. Yeah, he's clearly good. Uh, Alex, number two. Um, Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Wow, that's that's a uh, banger for me. I don't know. It is a banger. It's a wacky tune, but it it sticks. Um, my number one is Obladi Wow, number wow. one. Yeah, I love Obladi. And again, the top five are basically interchangeable. But I think, and this is the one that my father and I like always argue about. He's like, this is the dumb one of the dumbest songs the Beatles uh. did. And it was weird, like listening to it over and over. It's just so pleasant. The melody is very pleasant. Every like the piano mm-hmm. at the beginning is just like, oh, I'm jazz. The bass line fucking rules. And then I've listened to it for, like, years until I noticed, like, the third verse, those horns come in at the third mm. chorus or the last chorus. And I'm just like, this is a whole new song. Like, I've never even realized, like, Paul gets to the serious thing. I don't know. I just feel like they are firing on all cylinders and they are embracing their Beatles pop with also their wackiness. And, yeah. I, I, really I have really it down at song. 20, but I was listening to it today and, like... uh you know, it's one of those songs that like is kind of prominently uh, disagreed over in the Beatles catalog. A lot of people think yeah, it's kind of silly, yes, and I was definitely. like, I don't think that at all. It's I, there's all these other songs that I'll put yeah. above it, but it's not because I don't like it. I think it's great. But yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I love it. I love so it. So my number one uh, is "Happiness Is a yes. Warm Gun." Okay, yeah. which uh, I love a through <laughs> composed song. Like, just yeah. a song with discrete parts that don't repeat. That is my complete jam. I think it comes from being a Who fan. Like, I really like um, <laughs> yeah. like it, these, it these big kind of mini rock like operas. That. And this feels like a very prototype yes, it, of, exactly. of that kind of stuff. Even though the Who was doing this about the same time. In, it was like 67. But then the end, the end of that song with just the whole, like, John gets into a serious thing. And then they're just doing the bang, bang, yeah. shoot, shoot. Like, yeah. that. what a fucking ending to an already very yeah, impressive journey. song. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's a little journey too. It's not like the Who will do "Quick One While He's Away," which is my favorite Who song, but it's also yeah. like ten minutes long. Uh, this is like short and sweet, and it does everything that they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, Alex, yeah so my my number, number one, one is "Dear Prudence," which okay, okay. I this I, I feel like the number one here would would switch from year to year, mm-hmm. um, and I, yeah, I definitely kind of went back sure. and forth on it. But yeah, that's just like that's just so incredibly it's timeless. Very it's 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 very pleasant the end. for when i'm listening to this album yeah it just the end like in each verse they like mm-hmm. add another element to it that's really cool uh 
but yeah, just listening to back in the USSR, and I'm so amped for this album, and then it just breaks in this like little soft, pleasant, beautiful. Uh, God, mm-hmm. the Beatles fucking rule. Um, well, I guess that's our ranking. So, uh, I guess for sake of time. Well, how I don't know how you would average these together. I wrote mine. I know too, that, that's why I'm thinking. I think we we'd week. almost need to put our numbers by it and then sort in track list order you know. or something. Uh, maybe this is something we can yeah. follow up on because <laughs> it's yeah. going to take too maybe much. Next year we get we get the overall yeah. overall ranking because uh, we have been going for uh, yeah a we're we're hours. rounding two hours right now so yes which is one of our longer in the episodes. recent catalog for sure. The the in the back yeah, there definitely. or in the early episodes there is some. Uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of rambling in the in the the, the early years. Um, all right, so our new Christmas tradition um, or our last year, slightly uh, a year old, uh, is we all go around and say the best moment mm-hmm. of our year. And I really need to pee, so I'm going to let Jordan go first, and hopefully I don't <laughs> miss all of it. Okay. Uh, so mine's pretty easy because I got engaged this year. So that... I, I had as soon as Cade mentioned that new tradition, I was like, I bet I know Jordan's. Yeah, no. So that easily takes it. So that is. Uh, I'm trying to. I don't know if I guess I've kind of told this story on the podcast before, so I won't belabor <laughs> it. But uh, okay. Yeah. No. It was. It was. We didn't really like. I had. I had the ring, and I'd been planning it. Like, oh, when are we gonna do? Because we were gonna go to the beach in like two weeks and i was like that's where i did i was like when am i gonna when am i gonna when am i gonna and then and then one day we went to dinner uh we we walked back because it was place near my house uh and then we were kind of sitting on the back porch uh i think we had a couple drinks (laughs) and uh (laughs) and i was kind of just like this is a a lovely evening fuck it Mm -hmm. let let this be it and so then it was and it was a very nice moment and Cade, yeah, that's really nice. Cade will get to hear that moment in uh, the re-listening. <laughs> I assume. Did you? Yeah, just it was. It was a wild, okay. deeply personal revelation, and I'm never going to look at Jordan the same way again. <laughs> okay, I assumed it was uh, watching Multiverse Madness <laughs> for the first time. Was your highlight? You'll just you have knew. to listen and find um, out. That is my guess, um, Alex. Uh, would you like to share? Sure. Uh, kind of, kind of like, I guess, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's like the happiest point of the year. Um, but my, my parents moved to Vermont, uh, mm-hmm. after having lived in the, the same house my whole life, 30 years. Your childhood yeah. home. And so it, it's kind of been the last couple of years, you know, they've been building their house up there and kind of knew this big move's coming. Uh, and so over the course of the last year, just, uh, you know, doing lots of dog sitting for them while they go up to Vermont. And kind of just you know gradually saying goodbye to your childhood home mm-hmm. uh, was sure. was definitely quite a journey. But they've they've made it to Vermont now, and it's kind of you know the work has paid off, and it's it's uh, rewarding to see see and them get to enjoy it. What is their their house like? Have you been to the house since they moved, or like did they renovate that whole area or the old house? Yeah. Um, I I've I was there when they like helping them move stuff out, so I've seen it empty. You know, um, there's already, if, if you can imagine, uh, a neighborhood of about 20 houses on both sides of them currently. Uh, well, as a child, it was just farmland. As yeah, far as and the so, see, by, so by now it's probably That's been wild. demolished, and they're going to build seven houses on yeah. top of it. Wild. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's, 
That is truly wild. Um, well, that's uh, that's very pleasant. <laughs> um, mine, uh, I this year got a book published, which was a pretty big uh, life event that I'm quite proud of. Um, and we had a book release party. Oh, the name of the book is My Life According to Rock Band. If you want to buy it, uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, go on Amazon. Um, but uh, we had a book release party at Reason Beer, the local brewery that lets us play rock band. And a big premise of the book is uh, about me and my BFF Keith and his older si- or older sibling, Dylan, and her now husband. Uh, playing rock band and me just kind of looking back on those memories I had with them when rock band came out it was just one of the highlights of my my youth Um, and playing with them in that basement was very meaningful Um, so I had a release party and they live in Kentucky so I invited them I was like you know this is I would it would mean the world if you showed up and they have two kids traveling with two children eight hours is a challenge Um, and I hosted the party and Keith was obviously there because he's much closer uh, and he, him and Keith's parents uh, all they all knew that Chris and Dylan were coming but they kept it from me as like a surprise Oh wow! Um, and then when I watched them walk through the door, like I was already on cloud nine because I'm having a party celebrating <laughs> <which is> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> that's pretty great but uh, yeah just having them show up totally su- like and they, they knew like it was a surprise and uh, they were very pleased that Keith didn't blow the lid yeah. off. Um, and we all played our uh, our first song, Say It Ain't So, uh, and that was one of the, the best days ever. And 2022 was uh, pretty eventful uh, because of Nice. That. So, um, yeah, all right. So now I guess we close by our first Christmas tradition, <laughs> willing into existence $10 million. This time we got to really try. Um, like, I feel like y'all didn't try yeah, before, we, yeah, and now I we feel like, really tried. Well, neither of you tried last year. It was just me and Liam Which, trying. Yeah. Neither of you even even <laughs> tried to will into existence $10 million. Uh, all right, so should we... Well, for Alex, thank you for being on the show. Um, this It's always a delight. Um, and your birthday's tomorrow. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, thanks for having me. I will I will be one with the uh, way of water. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that your huge uh, birthday? Yeah, that's, that's my little treat. Ah, okay. Treat yeah. yourself on your B-Day. Because next year it's going to be Aquaman. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if nothing better arises, yes. <laughs> um, and... So do we sign guess, off first? Uh, I don't remember right. how this trends. We sign off, works. and I, I, it's been yeah. two years since we. Yeah, I don't remember how we did it last year. But let's sign off, and then we'll have and a then moment the of silence. In. And then, <laughs> yes, uh, Eminence Run is our new theme song, Alex. In case okay. you didn't know, uh, long story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last, the first time we had like a moment of silence, and then you ended the episode saying, "Did anyone get it yet?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so, if you have any, any funny different quips? funny quips, locked and loaded, like uh, no pressure. So I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the peak. Yeah. That's the thing to beat. All right. Um, well, all right. I've so... enjoyed people's and Marvel has sucked, and that's true this time. Oh, that hurts. It feels like the Beatles really have been days. great, but Marvel sucked. Um, the Beatles have been great. Marvel is great. Uh, Marvel Marvel rules. Marvel is like the Beatles of movie franchises i fucking love it uh thank you everyone take us away mr who
Oh, we got sorry. a wish. No, we can will into the power. <laughs> yeah, we got to make the wish. We got to make the wish. Did did you let the music play a little bit <laughs> sure. and then cut it off because you said that? Okay, cool, good. Um, all right, so let us now have a moment of silence and will into existence $10 million. And this time really fucking try, people, because we didn't try hard enough two years ago. Let's go. Here we go. Moment of silence right now. All right, let me check Truist. <laughs> it's basically the same joke, but with a name brand. <laughs> uh, and scene.